0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, you just found the number one most downloaded fitness, health, and entertainment podcast in the entire universe. This is Mind Pump. Right? In today's episode, we answered listeners' questions. These were live callers. They actually called in. We got to help them. But this was after an introductory portion. It was about 47 minutes long. By the way, if you just want to skip over to some of your favorite parts, check the show notes. There's timestamps there. Also, you want to be on an episode like this one where we can help you live on air? Email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. By the way, this episode was brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is Juve. This is red light therapy for your home. Like the stuff you see in the studies that shows that it builds more muscle, speeds up recovery, improves the quality of your skin, regrows hair. Not joking. All the studies show that. But Juve is one of the only companies that provides the same kind of red light they use in those studies that you can have in your home. And the prices are amazing. Go check them out. Go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump. Get a massive $50 off your first purchase. This episode is also brought to you by Element. This is an electrolyte powder You add to your water with the appropriate level of sodium, and there's no artificial sweeteners and also no sugar. So if you're an athlete or you eat a low-carb diet or you eat a diet that is comprised of mostly whole foods, you're probably going to need to add electrolytes and especially sodium to your diet for better pumps, recovery, and performance. Go check them out. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash mind pump, and right now, get a free sample pack with any order if you go to that link. We're also running a sale this month on our correctional exercise, pain relieving mobility producing workout programs. MAPS Prime, 50% off. MAPS Prime Pro, 50% off. If you wanna get both, get the Prime bundle that discounts them, but then we allow you to take an additional 50% off. If you're interested, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code MAY50, so that's MAY50 with no space for that discount. All right, back to the show. In the two and a half decades I've been in the fitness space, I'm almost never shocked uh, by new products. They almost all are complete crap. But every once in a while, I do get blown away. When I first learned about red light therapy, I thought it was a hoax. Shine light on your body, build more muscle, improve performance, speed up recovery, grow hair. Sounds like snake oil. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's legit. The studies are quite crazy. In fact, I'm reading studies right now that show dramatic improvements in muscle and strength just from using red light therapy. We'll share these in the show notes. And here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it, the links here, but pretty crazy stuff. So does this uh, cover what strength training would do in nutrition and sleep? No. However, adding red light therapy should show you some pretty significant results. Sounds like magic, but everybody I'm here to tell you, the science supports it. Uh, this is one of those ones that I thought for sure when I heard about it. I was like, "Get out of here! This yeah. is crap, pure snake oil." And then I saw one study. I'm like, "Yeah, right." And I saw another study. I'm like, "What?" And yeah. then more, and then more, and then and I keep reading on stuff.
2: evidence on evidence. It just kept coming.
1: The it's the it sounds weird, it's but a, when you understand it, it actually makes sense. But when you look at the studies on strength and muscle gain and performance, it's like a legitimate, uh, like alternative thing you can do that you'll actually see measurable gains, and it's weird. It's not invasive. It's healthy. It's not a drug. doesn't negatively af- affect hormones. If anything, it affects them positively. Really crazy. But I keep reading more stuff, and I'm always getting blown away by that. It. It's a
3: bit like uh, cannabis for the light game. Hmm? You know how, like, when, when all the studies started coming out around cannabis, it's just like, it seemed too good to be true because it's like, oh, it helps this. Oh, it helps that. Oh, oh it's see. found everywhere in the body. Oh, relieve joint pain. Oh, better sleep. Oh, yeah. re- relieve anxiety. It's like- that's what I feel about red light therapy. It just, there keep, I keep reading more and more about how it just positively affects everything. Oh, energy. Oh, mood. Oh, recovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, skin. Oh, wrinkles. Oh, balding. It's like, It's one of those things that has this really interesting effect on the body in so many different positive ways. Well, I
2: think, too, it's like we don't – I mean, going through school, how much did you get educated on how much light affects your cells in terms of, like, you know, your health and, and like, how many, like, receptors we have and where we have them and, like, what that whole function and all that entails? Like, we just didn't get informed – Uh, in that direction i think that's why it sounds a lot like it's you know it's something that uh, a wizard like hocus pocus right
1: yeah back to what you said adam i mean obviously to paint the context uh cannabinoid science very different obviously there's there could there's there could (laughs) be abuse and negative effects and down regulation receptors and all that stuff with light therapy um there doesn't seem to be anything in the negative if anything it's all it seems to be I say seems because even I'm skeptical, even though the data goes back decades, this isn't like new study just came out and now we're like, wow, this is cool. They've been studying this for decades and it's uh, remarkable. And basically to boil it all down for anybody who's listening, who's was like, what is he, what is he talking about? A particular spectrum of light when shined on the body, basically essentially supercharges mitochondria. Mitochondria is loosely put. I know scientists hate, you know, when... People use this term, but it's the best description for the layman, I'd say. the a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, it's like the engine of the cell. Right. All your cells use mitochondria to to function, all your cells. So when you supercharge them or improve their ability to utilize fuel, whatever that cell does, it does better now. So if it's to grow hair, you grow better, thicker hair. If it's for skin, it's going to be more rejuvenated. If it's for muscle, better adaptations, faster recovery all that stuff. If it's inflammation, the inflammatory process becomes more efficient. So um, it makes sense when you look at it and understand it from that standpoint. But the studies still, man, are just, it's so weird to see um, what some of these studies say about athletic performance and red light therapy. It's wild. Yeah.
3: Do you think that some of the popularity around it is because of how much we don't get in the sun anymore? I feel like that's part of why it's got... Because they have it's been studied for quite some time, mm-hmm. but I think it's starting to have such profound effects on people, not just because there's something magical about red light therapy, but many of the benefits that you gain from red light therapy are similar to the benefits that you gain from more sun exposure. And mm-hmm.
1: we live in a time right now... Most
2: people are have a massive deficit. Well, so, Yeah, more exposure. than ever, right? I mean,
3: especially going through the
1: pandemic. And, well, so I'm going to use a good... So... Yes and no. So, yes, you do get some of the red light spectrum from the sun. Here's why it's a no, though. It's, it is it is literally like the best comparison I can use is creatine. Do you get creatine from natural sources like meat? You do. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to get the 5 to 10 grams a day where we see these maximum strength and cognitive benefits of yeah, creatine? Yeah, you have to have Difficult. pounds and pounds of meat. Really hard. Yeah. And then along with that comes other stuff like to get the amount of red light ther- red light that you would get from like, let's say a juve panel, you'd have to be out in the sun quite a bit and extend it and you could get sunburn and all that stuff and it becomes very unrealistic. This is literally like a supplement in the sense that it's taking this beneficial thing, 10 minutes of it- Concentrating the benefits. Concentrating the benefits of it and you get these performance enhancing effects. Yeah. Um, so it's different in that sense. So yes, you do get some of it for, for sun, but trying to get it just from sun alone, like good luck- Not going to happen. You're probably going to get sunburned. You don't live in an area with lots of, you know, sunlight or whatever and and, and all that stuff. But listen to these studies. It's just crazy. Here's one on on leg strength. And we're not even talking about like, like there's there's statistically significant results. And then there's significant where as a trainer or coach, I'm like, what the hell? Like statistically significant would be like 15% increase, right? So what does that mean? This group did 10 reps. This group did 11 or 12 reps. All right. So, yeah, a little bit of a boost, right? That's great. No, no, no. They did a leg pre- press test. The therapy group got had a 55% over than the, than the non-therapy group strength b- boost, 55%. Here's another one. They had a placebo-controlled study on grip strength, 52% increase with people using red light therapy. I mean, this is uh, crazy for uh, exhaustion or stamina. Researchers, this is another study in 2018. These are, place- these are triple blind. Hmm. This was a triple blind placebo-controlled trial. In 2018. So it's like gold, gold standard. Researchers found that pre-exercise light therapy increased the time to exhaustion and oxygen uptake and also decreased the body fat in healthy event volunteers <laughs> when compared to placebo. It was, there was a, uh, a- applied before and after endurance training sessions led to improvement in endurance. Ready for this? Three times faster. Wow. Than exercise alone. Like and i I mean, there's study after study. We'll put these in the show notes. That's pretty potent, man. Like it's not like a little, a little bit. It's like, a well, you see, a big it, difference. You see it making its way into,
3: um, you know, your commercial sports, gyms now, right? This yeah. is a, Fitness nineteen is now the second gym in the Bay Area that I've been to that offers uh, the red light therapy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just not that long ago where most places didn't even know what it was, much less are starting to carry it at the facility.
1: By the way, these are some of the studies I mentioned have been done over the last 10 years. There were other studies that were done before that showed some pretty amazing results as well. I mean, like I said, some of them go back to the sixties and seventies, I want to say, but the problem was it was just not, uh, it was real world, not applicable. Like the machines were like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, They were massive. You'd have to you have to do it on a regular basis. So it's not like it's not like you do it once and then that's it. Once a month, you do the treatment, you get the benefit. It's like you have to kind of do it like three or four days a week to see the benefit. So nobody nobody could do it. It was too expensive. Didn't fit in your home. Like no one's gonna ever use this. Well, now with modern technology and all that stuff, uh, like Jew, for example, you buy a panel, very affordable. It's in your house. They make small ones that are this big, then they make the long ones when I do full body. And now you can do it every single day. And now you can actually get the benefits they show in studies. That's the thing with studies sometimes is they'll show the benefit of a compound, but in the real world, you're not able to do what they do. Like they'll show intravenous, you know, application of this particular compound improves muscle. It's like well nobody doctors can do that
2: managing the whole process yeah, I yeah. in think clinical setting.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: I think the standard for most the the major benefits that you list off are similar to the cold plunge as far as the amount of uh Yeah, yeah, do it regularly. exposure. Not even that regularly. You actually uh, I think so the I know the cold plunge is I think 3 uh three 12 minute or 10 or no, excuse. Well,
1: me. I mean regularly like weekly. Yeah yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And Consistent, I noticed that when yeah.
3: I was doing using the juve consistently, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, while you're doing it, you see lots of benefits. You stop doing it. It's not like you keep all those benefits no. from it. You got to keep it going. It's literally like a, um, but it's like three, 10 minute sessions a, yes. a, a week. That's yeah. It.
1: It's literally like a, a signal for adaptation, like exercise. Like you can't work out once a month and then expect, you know, you have to do it enough to allow the adaptations to compile and build off each other. So it's like, you get stronger uh, you take some time off, you work out, and you get stronger off the strength that you already built. But if you take too much time off, you go back to where you were before, and you don't really progress. That's that's why this has never been uh, applicable to the average person because who's going to have a five hundred thousand dollar machine that hmm. is the size of their garage? Right? right? Nobody. But now it's like you buy it online. Like I said, hundreds of dollars, you get a panel. That's interesting.
2: I wonder like other experiments and things of the past that were just like too robust, too expensive to conduct that, you know, people are working on to try and make uh, available for your everyday average person. And like, it's actually had some success, but it's like to, to be able to implement it was just way too robust. And also too, like just the, the relevance of, of light you know and and how that affects us i mean it's obviously you know a big fact more of a big factor than we thought Uh, in terms of our health, uh, I keep thinking of, like, two other woo-woo stuff that you'd probably throw away and discard, like, say, uh, electromagnetic, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) some kind of radiation that's affecting me, you know, like something maybe I I need to work with magnets or, you know. It'd be weird to see later on, like, a few years from now, what they've been able to, like, concentrate and make more effective all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys know this. I mean, we, we, we had to figure this out as trainers, is that there's stuff that has some benefit, And then you also have to throw it through the filter of, but will my client do this? And is this realistic? Yeah.
3: Is it realistic? Like if there's something that, you know. And then also does it, how does it compare to some of the the big rocks? That's what I mean, right? Like it's like if you, which I've always been this way, right? With clients that ask questions about tools like this. It's like, are you, do you have a sleep routine? You know? Are you getting your protein intake consistently? Yeah. It's like, why are you asking me about this 1500 dollars light that could potentially do all these great things if you're not doing the things that are for free right now that could affect you as much or, or more than those things? It's like at least check those box and then I'm all for that stuff. Especially if you, if you yeah. have a disposable income, then it makes sense. then whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then experiment, have all the tools, have all the cool stuff. Like I'm I'm not against that. But if you're if you're like fifteen hundred dollars is fifteen hundred dollars to you and you're like, hey, I, I'm not doing those things. It's like at least check the big boxes first, and then you then you add something like that in. Yeah, it. I, I yeah,
1: would I always say, go that direction. Yeah, first. I would say it's like uh, it's as easy as this. It's like um, ten minutes before your workout or after your workout a few days a week. That's doable for most people. But yeah, if you're doing everything, if you're not working, I'm still out, trying to figure like, out. Like, why would you do anything? I hope, like that? I hope Juve
3: comes up with it because I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna. I, I've been telling you guys forever. I want to rig it to where it's like mounted above my shower somehow. So while you're taking a shower? Yeah, so that mm-hmm. it's just like a, a, a thing where I switch it on when I, I'm doing that because I, I, I'm i less consistent. Like what I had done in the past, and I know my light's here right now, which I gotta, I'm going to steal it back home, uh, was I would shower and then I'd go stand in front of it for you know, 10, 15 minutes. But to be consistent with that sometimes, like I'm, I'm notorious for having to take a shower and then needing to go mm-hmm. out the door pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So... I'm less consistent with it like that, where I feel like if it was mounted somewhere near or right by my shower so I could be showering and getting it at the same mm. time would be like the, or make a, like an, uh, imagine making a red light shower. Like who cares if you're getting all, like if the whole, like imagine the whole thing Justin was. Justin
1: right now is picturing uh Darth Vader coming out of
3: a <laughs> No serious uh, though. I mean, I would totally, I mean, obviously be more, even more expensive, but chamber. I see the value in it so much. I've, I've felt, it by doing it consistently so i know it's just it's literally about implementing it and making it very consistent like if that was if i could hit a switch and my whole shower was a how sick would that well be?
1: so jessica did it so you know how stretch marks are they're largely genetic right this this is pretty well accepted uh so katrina uses the same one yeah so you know if, if you're prone to stretch marks and you're prone to stretch marks there's not a lot you could do but the red light therapy studies have shown that it reduces stretch marks and improves your butt, your skin's ability to to stretch and not you know get those marks and all that stuff. Well, anyway, and she's prone to stretch marks. She has a few from when she went through puberty. Not super visible, but she's like, oh, okay. Well, when I get pregnant, I'm probably going to get stretch marks. She used the red light therapy. Didn't get a single, not a single stretch mark with each kid. Not a single one. And she got she had both kids in her 30s, which yeah. is supposed to even increase your your risk even more. She did it while she was obviously growing, and then afterwards, yeah. nothing, not a Katrina single one. Katrina did
3: that, and, she, and I don't know. Is there? Have you ever like what's the uh, the whole cocoa butter thing? Right, is it cocoa butter they use? And I uh, looked up studies oil?
1: on creams and stuff, lotions, and it's like it's mixed results, is what I've. That's seen. what I've heard too. Yeah. Katrina did it. She hmm. was
3: like super both of them. She she definitely she was like I do not want to I do not want to have to have all kinds of stretch marks and stuff like that. Not that there's anything wrong or bad with it. That was her no. own, and like yeah, I sure. I wouldn't care, but she cared, and so she was like consistent as shit. How funny
1: is it though just like off topic with that with stretch marks I don't know about you guys but when I was a kid I wanted them, of course, so, so yeah. bad to show that I built muscle. Yeah,
2: especially here in the chest and the arm. Yeah. Like you always get excited when, you're like, you're like oh, I'm growing.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 Did you guys? That's get all them? I care about. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys got? Yeah, I got, got um, a few. I, yeah, here. Yeah, and... same thing under my arm, and I got some in the in the cakes even. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. from the from the body. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> so proud <laughs> of it. But
3: women my women thighs. hate them, men want them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess if you're a guy yeah. who put a lot of body fat, you probably don't like them. No, I guess yeah. Yeah, but depends on
1: what it's connected to.
3: Yeah, as a young skinny kid, I want because it was it was a, it was a for sure yeah. clear how funny is that though is that um that was like my real indicator that okay i am growing because Same. i was still yes in my head i didn't think i was yeah. if you were to ask but me
1: wait me. i got stretch marks Maybe yeah i was know. like
3: i have to be growing i have stretch marks right but i, I mean how funny is that how we how we
1: Twi- how like how distorted your view yeah was. i know it's I know. it's crazy so hey speaking of kids uh you know my so my my two-year-old he's at the age He's talking like crazy. Random senses and, now. Well, they just, you, you really, I mean, you constantly are reminded how much they hear you and pick up on the shit that you say <laughs> when they'll <laughs> say random things, you know? Yep. And you got to be careful, right? What, what you say. Anyway, um, you know, we, his baby sister, you know, Dahlia, she's only five months old. She takes naps, right? Throughout the day. And we have a monitor on her. So while she's napping, we can see or hear, you know, what's going on. So Jessica puts her down comes downstairs with Aurelius and they're, you know, Aurelius is playing or whatever. And then Dahlia starts waking up and he, he walks over to the monitor and he looks at it and he goes, Oh, oh God, she's awake already. And Jessica's like, what, dude? Uh, she's like, damn, that's me for sure. That's I said me. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also come, came up to me the other day and, uh, you know, he was, he was again, he's, he's, he's in that, he's hitting the twos, man. Let me tell you. And he comes over to me and he goes, mama, mama's, she he said a word I didn't understand what he said then I kind of deciphered it he goes mama's pissed off I'm like mama's pissed off and he goes yeah like, oh my god pissed bro. Off. you know what's funny pissed so off? we're at we're so
3: we're at like we've been going through that phase for a while too right so what's the next step or the next thing that happens with that phase is when uh you know because he gets to spend lots of time with his nana with just, which is Tina and. Uh, my sister and family is that when he picks up something that somebody else says, that's not you. And then you're like, what? where'd you get that? Yeah, you, uh, So yeah. he yeah, says, yeah. Uh, what the heck? all the time and yeah. that's t- totally Tina like I've never said what the heck before yeah. but that's what she does all the time She's, she'll see something that's off the wall she'll be like what the heck uh, and so now he says that all the time what's now. funny is
1: they use it appropriately well no he totally yeah.
3: does yeah like well, we'll yeah. I'll, I My remember the first say, time Frick. yeah I was like showing him something and it was like something Frick. that I couldn't figure out like I couldn't figure out how to close like one of his toys or something <laughs> and he's like what the heck and I was like what? Yeah, I heard <laughs> where did that come from yeah, I heard
1: Aurelius say shit once he oh, dropped, really? yes dude he dropped one of his Cars and he goes Shh, and under his vo- a breath, shit. And I'm like, and I didn't because re- you want to react, but if yeah. you react, he knows, right. oh, I should say that. Yeah, yeah. So I said nothing and I just held it in and I'm like, and like, a like, little prayer. Please God, don't let him say it's that. It's funny we're
2: talking about this because I just put out a swear jar in my house like recently and uh, like last night. Even.
1: Is it for you or is it for you and Courtney or the kids too?
2: Oh, everybody in the oh, house. Okay. Yeah. So I just made a deal with them because I was like, I was going on this ramble, like I was having this like sort of soapbox speech. I was like talking to Ethan about you know like being a man and blah blah blah, and and for dramatic emphasis, I I said shit and okay. and so you know then Everett was kind of listening and came over and they both like found an opportunity to try and slide it in conversation. You know, just because dad said it, uh, now it's like the floodgates are open. I'm like, No, 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 no. I was like, I did that deliberately yeah. to emphasize a point. And I you know, dad doesn't swear, like it's just something we don't we just don't use the language much in the house, but you know, it I and I'm not like super like hammering them about it or anything, we just don't do it. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh no, I just like opened it up, you know, for them to feel like it. I'm like, so here's the thing. You see, you, I will I'll intentionally like if I say something even if it's for that like I'll go ahead I'll pay a buck you know into the thing and then we'll we'll spend it on something fun you know later uh, so it's not like it's like a a punishment per se awareness awareness yeah. and so, and so, yeah, so we were just kind of dealing back. It was like, well, what if it's, like, in a different language? And then Ethan's doing all these in, like, German and, and, and you know, Russian. I'm like, of course he's going to, like, you know, stretch this as far as he can. And I'm like, well, that's 25 cents because yeah. I don't really know what that means.
1: <laughs> and that's you you have have 50 cents. You have to use the currency of the yeah. country. that, that boy- <laughs> Yeah, and they were yeah. pressing
2: me on it. And More I was rubles. like, okay. And I just went in their room and took their money. And they were like, oh, this is
1: real? Yeah. like, yeah, this is real. Oh, funny. My oldest dropped an F-bomb in front of my mom. The other day It was just uh a Oh wow! Really? Oh yeah, dude. Like it, casually too, just casually. Oh, and this fucking guy and my mom. Excuse me, Woo. and I looked at him. I'm like, dude, you're talking to your grandma, homie. <laughs> this is not at home, bro. You can say that to me. You talk to my mom about it. I'm in trouble, not you. That's why I told him afterwards. I said, yeah, yeah. don't cuss in front of know no your audience. dude I'm in, in trouble, not you. Oh wow! Oh wow! So what happened? She just excuse me, and then did he say she it? looked at me like, and I'm like, oh god!
3: I'm
2: oh, like, you got the look, yeah, for dude. It. <laughs> oh, man.
3: That's what I
1: know. one time when when he was. I think it was like six or seven. we I don't remember what happened. And my mom will still turn around and like try to whack me. You know, She'll hit me in my arm or something like that, right? But I remember my kid looked at me like, you still get hit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, you don't even know. Your grandma will throw talent down. <laughs> with me. She'll care all day. Dangster, yeah. I know, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's hella funny stuff. Anyway, yeah. I got some, uh, some more... Um, great ai news i know it's all bad scary shit oh, but yeah. I'm, whatever let's just
2: talk about oh, this no okay let's go to the darkness i know so you guys now?
1: know we talked about this uh, already i'm gonna pull it up here the the one of the godfathers called the godfather of ai uh is left right the whole ai movement because he's like um basically he's like i i, I don't want any part of this this is going bad or whatever
2: even though i created it
1: Yeah, and he's saying stuff like, it's hard to see how you can prevent the bad actors from using it for bad things. And, you know, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Bro, this, I did not know this. This is a recent experiment, okay? This is crazy to me. They just did recent experiments where they used large language models of AI that were able to translate brain activity into words. This is AI that can read your mind. What? Yeah, literally can read your mind how accurate We're all,
3: What's, uh, what, so
1: relative accuracy it's literally a matter of time before it well, can read your mind okay so this was through
2: <laughs> like it, obviously this is in like a clinical setting where they have those right. like electrodes right. thing attached to your right. head and, right so you can get real-time brave but so we don't have the technology right now to like read into somebody on the street not yet not yet but it's there it's scary
3: it's there. Well, you see the, um, you, I know you're not current on All In. They actually had, they talked about this kid who literally just learned how to code a year or two ago or a couple of years, not like, like a hardcore, like, you know, what they call those, you know, engineers that are badass, right? So he's relatively new in the space and he gave ChatGBT, uh four eyes, basically gave it like the ability to, to see something. So he, and communicate with him. And he demoed it where what? he took a like a like a, a, a soda can and held it up the, and he used obviously his computer monitor or whatever like that as the eyes for ChatGPT and communicated with it what it was and how many calories it had and everything like that. And it was. It was
1: oh, wow.
3: Yeah.
2: So he's just presenting objects in front of yeah. it and, and describing and it. And exactly.
3: Like- he doesn't have to describe it. It sees it. And wow. so he's just asking questions. How many calories does this have? Because like, well, isn't the the
2: the Internet of Things? They've already been cataloging everything they possibly can, right. and that's already so. It
3: obviously, once you can see it, it recognizes yeah. it right away, so and then just, can yeah deduce down to oh, okay, that has no
1: calories. It's a you know whatever. But see, this is different than what you're thinking, Justin. You're thinking it's going to compare it to previous things, and yeah, pictures. previous data points of. I think pictures. what AI is di- the reason why AI is different is it's 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 literally reading things by by understanding like the way humans do. Like, I don't necessarily need to compare to other things. It could look different, but I can recognize that's a guitar or that's a different-looking car. I've never seen one that looks like that, but I could tell it's a car. Hmm. That's the challenge with having uh, computers see things. That's why when you log into somewhere and it says... Uh, touch the pictures, all the pictures that have oh, trees right. in Oh, right.
2: Like, are you a robot?
1: That's like our only determining factor right now. Not anymore. Right <laughs> now. <Yeah. Even> <laughs> that you're a robot
3: or a human. Yeah. That's going to eliminate which, that. Which, by the way, I failed that test yeah. like one out of three times. Yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> it's it's a always, tree. Is a tree in that Listen, one or is it not in that the one? Car's it's like a branch. The
2: spoiler
1: is kind of like bleeding into this box. <laughs> yeah, does, this, does that mean I hit this box? I hate like, those no. stupid things, know. You
3: know, My favorite
1: ones are like, put tap here if you're not a robot. Like, that's it? That's all I got to do? I am not a robot. okay. Is. I promise. But dude, the mind reading one is, is, well, first off, I could see the potential benefit uh, in like, um, you know, like uh, you know, for fighting crime or persecuting people. Like instead of doing- Persecuting or prosecuting. Huh? Yeah, prosecuting. prosecuting. So instead of, in, instead of like, uh, you know, a lie detector test, we'll sit you down. Hook you up to this machine. Oh, cool! You know the crime. You know what happened. You saw it. You you envisioned it. You were there. So that startup. You're guilty. So there's a startup. Mm.
3: I forget the name of it. That just got just got like one billion or something like that in funding. Something ridiculous. And it's the one that is the AI for law. Like they think that wow. that's. I mean, so the the theory. Oh, you
1: like a lawyer? You mean?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. lawyers so, are screwed. Yeah. Well, so the theory with the, with the, is that the the jobs that are going to get reduced as far as uh, how how much they cost. Um, are a lot of the things that were were the opposite that you got paid high for the things that take a lot of thinking, a lot of research, a lot of reading, yeah, a lot of acquired yeah. knowledge over. Like those ones are the ones that you you used to get paid really big, or you do currently right now. That they think that that is going to really. So
1: I read get an article reduced. exactly on mm-hmm. that, and it was a very interesting article because one of the barriers for the average person when it comes to like lawsuits and you know the law working for you is money and time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a, you know, a person, you're a single mom, you get ripped off, something happens. Like you don't got the time to find a lawyer, pay a lawyer to defend you or help you in a particular case. It just doesn't work. So although the law system that we have here in the West is the best that's ever existed, it's still flawed. Like if you're wealthy, you have access to a lot of help. If you're not wealthy, mm-hmm. ugh, at best you have uh, you know somebody paid by the state or or your city, uh, and or you don't do it at all because it's just it's just too expensive. Like I know people who've had to not pursue things because they like I don't even have the money to to even consider doing this. But with AI, yeah. they this article I read is like predicting a. A, it's the ultimate sleuth. It's going to go through everything
2: so much faster and more efficient than, because that's the thing about why you have such expensive lawyers. It's like, it's, you get multiple, like, teams of lawyers and they're all, like, collectively like, bringing in examples and case points and, and other laws that were written in other states and whatnot to, to be able to build your case. Now you got something that could build your case like that much more I mean,
1: think about it, like you, you know, you get ripped off or something happens, a company does is something shady or shitty, right? Talk about checks and balances in the free market. Average person will be like, "Boop, uh, this happened. Boop, boop, boop. It's gonna pop up. Here's your lawsuit. We're gonna take it here. Here's your case. Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. You have a 62.8 percent chance of winning or losing or whatever, and it's done. Mm-hmm. And it costs you nothing. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty remarkable. And then to that point, think about taxes. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't realize this, but the more successful you become, the more you realize why the tax code is so uh, insanely, uh, almost impossible to understand. Yeah, It's literally, uh, part of it is it's literally designed for wealthy people. So they talk about, we're going to tax the rich. We're going to, not really. What they do is they make it complicated. There's always a very complicated way of tax, you know, figuring out how to not pay taxes or do this or do that. Only if you're really rich and you have the money to do this stuff, can you handle that stuff? But usually it's the middle class or lower that get hammered. Well, tax law, one of the most complicated uh, forms of law out there. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Here's how much I made. Here's what's going on. AI is going to know exactly how to maximize yeah, Maximize
2: this. every single
1: write-off. For everybody. every single everything. Or you get audited. You know, people freak out when they get audited and they just like, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just pay whatever the IRS does. Not anymore. Now it's like, oh, let's challenge that. No. It's going to be pretty pretty crazy when it comes to that kind of stuff.
2: Crazy disruptive. Yeah, I yeah. Like that guy leaving. That's to me. I just I can't get over that. You know?
3: I mean, yes. Okay. Come but on, guys. I mean, think of anything that. I mean, obviously taking um. it all the way back to fire is crazy, but like anything can be wielded for for bad things sure. and could be dangerous, right? Sure. And especially when we have anything that's like this massive. I mean I'm sure there was people that thought the same thing too like when we started moving towards the internet, right? There's there's going to always be somebody who's involved in creating something that was the intentions were pure and good, then they see how powerful it is and they recognize, "Oh my god, this can be used for evil." And then they just step out and go like, "Listen, I don't I don't want any part of this. Like this is this is going to do damage." But I you know, mean what what example can you give me of something that like that is as powerful as the internet as fire as weaponry yeah. as these things that don't also can potentially harm somebody well i guess so.
2: my my sort of um thought is that like if i was responsible for something that had both duality of that of like being the most Uh, positive and negative. I would want to stay there if I saw the negative to be able to combat it. it. Yeah, especially if I was like engineering
1: it and I had my
2: hands on the pulse of of where it could go wrong.
1: There's three examples I can think of in history where the person involved then later was like, what did I do? Uh, One of them, and this person wasn't the inventor, but they were part of this kind of revolution, was the Winchester family. Oh, right. Yeah, they invented the repeating rifle and the wife of Winchester... Thought she would be haunted by the spirits of the rifle. How many people this rifle killed? Right. Um, The inventor of dynamite. uh, Some of the um, initial um, scientists that understood nuclear power. Oh, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. Right. The machine gun. The machine gun, when that was first invented and used in World War One, people thought it was gonna. This could potentially end the world. Now, to be fair, we'd never seen mass casualties like we saw when the machine gun was invented, or Nukes, I mean, that's a real threat. Like, that's a legit uh, threat. Yeah. AI uh, put all that stuff multiplied times a million. The potential of AI is, like, it's far beyond that for both directions. I
3: was going to say, for both. Too. For, for both, both directions. For good yeah. also.
1: Yeah. Potent- I mean, who? not potential. It's always about potential. So.
3: I mean, who were we just talking to that was in studio with us uh, about the, like, testing for medical and stuff like that? That's going to be the thing that's going to be so crazy yeah. is you're going to be able to not – you're going to be able to take – a a like a you know human liver hu- a human organ and then be able to put these drugs through yeah, it and, ethically because it's like yeah you, know, if you grew the organs outside the person yes so now you're not affecting the person and then use AI to run yeah. you know test after test after test right. after test you know a thousand million times whatever you need it to do in order to get the perfect outcome at the the speed at which we're going to be able to do yeah, that no the safety yeah animals necessary. or humans you won't yeah. even need
1: uh you won't even need real world studies it'll all be right AI in silica. Right. Yeah, where it's all done through a model. Yeah. So you will not be need, able to predict a I mean, lot of it we, without even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so when you it. think
3: like that, I mean, we could go down the, you know, uh negative side, but then the I mean, this could, we could all be living in the time where we figure out cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was ever a time oh, that, that you felt yeah. confident in the ability to do that as as crazy and unique and and, and hard to figure out as cancer is, I mean, something like AI with the ability to go this, in.
1: The reason why this is scary, yeah, I think. Yeah, hope. I, I, always the unknown is scary, right? So no matter what, that's always scary. But I think the reason why this is scary, in my opinion, I think you could boil it down to two things. One is we know human nature. Okay, mm-hmm. so with the internet, right? Potential for amazing good. Where does the vast majority of investment and money go into the internet, right? Pornography, like porn sites is where all the, that's where all the innovations initially start with. And that's just human nature. So that's one so human nature, we know, is super flawed. Then the second one, this is the one that I think really scares people, is we're, we, were, we we could potentially no longer be the driver. So forget human nature. If this becomes the driver itself of its own innovation, its own progress, its own whatever. So it's then, not
2: even human conscious like effort put into it anymore. It's, it's just machine. Yeah,
1: so lack of morality, yeah. but is that a good or bad thing? Is it pure objectivism, but is that a good or bad thing? What's going to drive it? We don't know. That I think is the is a big scare is we don't know what that means and where it, want, it will want to go or right. what it's going to want to do because it's already showing signs of learning its own stuff. They have AI models right now that have acquired skills that it wasn't tell, it wasn't told to acquire. Nobody prompted it to acquire these skills. It did on its own because it wanted to learn some of these skills. So yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so, you know. Just sitting
3: here with popcorn,
2: dude.
1: That's all I can do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, you brought... I think, Justin, you brought up the... Uh, the, the not the PTSD, but the... Oh, PTG, yes. you said. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, was, it was fascinating. I, I really like this term. I think it was Dr. Amen. Um He's a psychologist. He uh, was talking about it. And when they do, like, these CT scans for the brain, they notice patterns for trauma. It's like a diamond shape, like, mm. within the brain where it lights up. Uh, and uh, he noticed that there's, like... There's there's a completely different um, type of person that uh, didn't really have like a, a term for that. So s- somebody that was greatly affected by PTSD, obviously, it's a pretty negative uh, result, uh, and it's something that like you got to go through a lot of like uh, therapy and and work your way through and face, and and it's a really challenging thing. And some people actually respond completely the opposite and use that as as sort of a a launch pad for this like insane amount of growth and, and use it in a positive direction. And so he was just noticing, you know, there, there, there are like sort of anomalies out there. We'll actually use like a real traumatic experience, like to, to usher in this like uh, insane growth.
1: Well, I don't even think it's anomalies. I think that so um, it's a mindset. Yeah. So from my, from my understanding, first off, post-traumatic stress, disorder has been labeled as bad because it can be dysfunctional in normal, I guess, life. But the reality is it's an adaptation. So if you adapt, you develop this adaptation process to protect you. So if you, you know, run and hide at the, when you, whenever you hear a loud noise, well, at one point that was, that kept you alive, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you disconnect from what's happening at one point, that's what caused you um, to survive. So they're all adaptations. The problem is when that threat is gone, you still have this, this process. And that's when it becomes uh, dysfunctional. But PTG, post-traumatic growth, is a person's ability to use that trauma and then grow from it and become a better, different person. I think a lot of people uh, have, have the this ability, ability to do Like yeah. if you look no, at I people- I agree with that. You look at people who are successful, and I mean, Adam, you talk about this all the time. You went yep. through a lot of shit as a kid and you attribute your success to a lot of the stuff you went through. Well, I would That's
3: PTG. Uh, I mean, I would make the case that um, that we're all potentially capable yeah. of doing that. Uh, the, how easy is that for each person individually? I think that that varies uh, dramatically. What I think is most interesting about this is if we can now measure that and see that, then maybe we can begin to unpack the people that do have success with yeah. it and the commonalities that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from personality to behavior mm-hmm. to habits, what are some of the things that these people that take something that would be PTSD for somebody and turn it into PTG for themselves, what are all these things that that, that they check and find those things in common so that maybe we can start to either one, uh, uh, before people even have the traumatic thing, start to train them in train that way. Up to that
2: direction, right? Train, exactly.
3: train up for that. If you know you're going into a situation, say you're going into war or something like that, like, hey, I'm going to put. It reminds these behaviors- me of
2: stoicism on on a level, right? Like right. In, in terms of having that thought of like, what's the worst case scenario, and then like kind of building peace- yourself up to yeah, being able to handle it and and. You know, appropriately, you know, steer from there. Yeah, the
1: the the, the <clears throat> um, because I've been reading a lot about this. You guys, I talked about it. I, I did EMDR, which was originally designed for uh, PTSD.
3: Oh, when did you do that again, by the way, Sorry, uh, did, like, tomorrow. Cut you off. Oh, tomorrow, you have yeah, again. I'll do it again tomorrow. Oh, wow.
1: So, um, the the successful treatments for PTSD, like the most successful so far with studies, um, is like EMDR seems to be very successful. Um, psychedelic research is showing like crazy success and they're saying the reason why it's successful is in order to grow from PTSD or you know or traumatic events you have to be able to feel safe and comfortable enough to br- to take the wall down that's protecting you and that is not easy if you're if it's become a part of who you are just being able to even face it to the point where you feel it is is hard enough this is why people go to years of therapy and get no result because they just they're 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 still not ready they're not they're afraid or whatever. Psychedelics uh, you alter the brain uh, according to what these studies show um, in or enough to where the person feels safe enough to face this truth or reality, see what's going on so they can process it. EMDR they think that's how it works as well is that through this physical sensations it tells the brain that you're safe and calm, then you're allowed to go in and feel and see what's going on, then you can process it and kind of move through it. So that is probably, uh, from what I'm reading, is one of the main reasons why some people can grow and some people can't. It's like the people who can grow are like, well, there's a bunch of fire right there. I'm going to walk through. It's going to burn the shit out of me. But the only way to get to the other side is I have to walk through the fire. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even know there's a fire. They don't even know there's a fire. And then some people feel the heat and they turn around. like, I don't want to get yeah. burned. So that's that seems to be what's you know, what's the challenge. What are
3: not that it totally matters, but just out of curiosity, what are the credentials of the the person who's doing the EMDR with you? Are they, they, are they
1: psychologists? or were they Yeah, with, so you have to be licensed. Oh, and, so you do have to be licensed yeah. to do that. You can't just No, dude. So as the way she explained it to me, she said, You if you go if you don't use this right and you go to so she did it when she was when she was a student, she actually got EMDR for herself. And she says that the person who did it with her wasn't super well-trained. He was licensed, but he wasn't super well-trained and he didn't screen her well enough and she went a little too hard. Too deep too fast. Yeah. And she said she wasn't right for like two or three weeks. Which is so interesting
3: that you say that because that's <laughs> a very similar experience you hear from some people that have really bad psilocybin trips. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some people that talk it about it. Oh, yeah, you have yeah. all these people that tout it as like, Oh my God, it was the most amazing thing ever. You know, or like or ayahuasca, you hear this too sometimes, where people say it was just like life changing and then they, they they tell somebody else to do it and then somebody else who may not be quite ready for that experience yet has it. And then they have a traumatic experience where it's like, that was the worst thing I'd ever did. So sounds very similar. Like if you're not ready to go that deep, that there's a fast. reason
1: why your brain and your body's protecting you. Right, right, right. That, there's a reason for it. Sure, so you sure. take somebody who ha- who saw his friend explode right next to him, or they did something terrible themselves and they're not ready. And you make them face it by giving them a high ass dose of psychedelics. Yeah. He's just going to be in there again. He's right. going to strengthen the P It's going to terrify him. going to make it
3: worse, right? Yeah. So
1: did you, have you asked
3: her, um, it's a, I assume it was a girl. I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. So have you asked her if, uh, if, if she's paired it ever with psilocybin or what her thoughts are on She that? does
1: not, although she does here in San Jose, um, there is licensed uh, medical like, professionals ketamine, that do right? ketamine therapy, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not, see, here's the thing. When you look at the research on this, they're not giving people party doses of the No, products. no, it's very mild. It's a, yeah,
3: I mean, I even talk about the the breakthrough that Katrina. That's why people are so mis- We were, we, we didn't have no freaking, you know, heroic or it was like a it was it was a very small dose. Yeah. It was a micro. It was a little bit bigger than a micro dose, but it wasn't even a full what someone would consider mm-hmm. a full dose. It's still, seven. it didn't take much. It just just takes enough to be like, I don't know, out of your own, your own regular Just thoughts. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to, enough. To break through like that. So, yeah. and then I can't imagine that, like that was on our own, just having conversation. Imagine if you have it guided by a professional who knows what they're yeah, doing. yeah So from I my understanding, understanding the be-
1: ketamine therapy, it's in San Jose, it's legal. I guess what they do is they give you the ketamine, you meet with the therapist, then you go home, you do it, make sure you have someone there to supervise. And then you journal and then you meet with a the therapist again. So you write about- Oh, so you it. actually do it on your own. You do it on your own. Oh, interesting. And you write about like whatever, you know, you, I guess you they prep you and you know what you're going to think about or talk about or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then you do it. Then you think about whatever it is you're, you're processing. Then you journal and then you go back and meet with them again. And this is, and it's, again, it's legal, medically supervised type of deal, which is the only way I would ever tell any- you, you, Oh, you, yeah. You, you're dealing with trauma. You need to make sure, like I did it. Uh, the EMDR, not the ketamine, and um, you know, in in you know, Jessica said this because she knows me well. She goes, "You're the kind of person that when you're gonna do something, you tend to just go all in," and that's what happened. It's, you know, I did EMDR. I was finally ready. All right, let's do this. And I went, "Boo!" Like hella, <laughs> like into like this root deep like thing that I you know have, and uh, I didn't feel. I I just yesterday started to feel kind of like back to my old self. I could tell wow. it so, shook me.
3: Oh, wow. So it it literally, because that's been over a week now, two yeah, weeks now? It's been,
1: no, it's been about a week and a half. Okay, a week and a half. Yeah, I felt uh, like not myself for, for a little while there. Oh, um, I can't wait
3: to hear what the Because I went hard. So, okay, now on this, this, <laughs> this, like this upcoming session, uh, do you uh, pick up where you left off? Do you revisit the same thing? Do you move similar. on?
1: Yeah, I think she said we're going to revisit kind of similar stuff and then keep going into that. Yeah. Uh, but the first one I did, she goes, do you want to do think do something specific, or do you want to just see what comes up? And so, like you know, I'm like, let's see what let's comes, see what up. comes yeah, up. And, and of like, course, what comes up now. is I, now it's specific. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm like, I, you know, look, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna sit there. And I'm like, let's. Then I'm ready to do it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna do it. Right? Yeah, Why am yeah. I gonna do this? So I just let myself go, and it just like you know, it went. Like I said, I like I said on a previous podcast, it's like a chain. This led to that to that 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 that, and then this real deep thing that I didn't realize everything was connected or whatever.
3: Now, were did you find yourself uh, uh, communicating with her, and then like then that led to you breaking down, or were you just sitting in your thoughts and then all of a sudden broke down?
1: No, um, it's like you have something come up, you talk about it a little bit, then you go into it with you know with the EMDR process. So you were taught you're talking. Yeah, but then you stop and then you think and then she gives you time, and then you talk, and then you think, and he gives you some time, and you go in, in, in. Can you
3: recall if if you broke down in your thoughts or you broke down communicating something? Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. It was... I started I had the feeling before I had the words that's what I mean <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so you yeah. were in your thoughts yeah so you well, were just like I, thinking and
3: feeling and almost probably being in the moment and then that made you emotional yeah and, and it then, wasn't
1: even the because I'm I, I, thinking and speaking comes easy to me that's I can talk about anything that happened Feeling is hard that's the hard part right <laughs> so before the words and the thoughts happened it was the feeling. And then I had the words to say, oh, well, this is just, this is what fucking happened. And this is embarrassing.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah, really cool. This is super interesting. Yeah, yeah really cool. Yeah, stuff. So yeah.
4: do you feel like something's shifted since totally. that time? Totally. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm most curious about as you go through each process, if you feel like you make these, because here's the one thing that's cool is I think that when we've talked about this before, all of us are very growth minded. We're always kind of pursuing bettering ourselves anyways. So it's not like we're like been stuck in this stacking yeah. place for a long time. So like it'll be interesting to see what you how you would quantify the growth. Like how it is yeah. exponentially faster than any like we, we talk about the podcast, right? That was I think the podcast was actually one of the Well, this is an incubator for sure. Right. Totally. This 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 one of my favorite parts about this business. Oh yeah, we're is, forced to
1: talk about Was shoot. the oh, the huh. the
3: speed at which I've always it's been a growth-minded person, but the speed at which <laughs> I felt the growth come on 100%. because you have to hear your own bullshit. Yep. Right. right. And so, and it forces you to do that. It's one thing to say something out loud to people, and then you're on to the next thought. and You think about it where yeah. this shit's recorded. Yeah. So not only do I potentially hear it again, but then also get feedback Millions from other of people.
2: ears and then immediate yeah. feedback from two other assholes. Yeah. Like,
3: it's yeah. crazy. I, you know what's funny is I actually think a <laughs> lot part of so the, true. the the the. Podcast phenomenon of like everybody having one now and doing it's it. It's fucking therapy. It's therapy. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know I know several people that like podcast is dude are therapy. like no traction still 100%. on their podcast, still doing it, but I and I think it's what it is is like, and you hear that I I all tune in because they're friends or family and stuff that I know, and I'm listening to them and I'm like, dude, they're just talking to themselves. Totally, like, they're, yeah. they're like working through their shit right now. They think they're helping, you know, five people out there listening that, but it's really they're 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 actually it's sneaky because you're yeah. like, hey
1: bro, show up to a therapy session. No, yeah, you want to do a Podcast, we're gonna tell people how to be a better person. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I could do that. And then you listen to it. it, and you're like, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, it sounds like you're doing therapy, but you keep doing that. and See what happens. That's totally right. It no, like. it's it's uh, my motivation is stronger than it's ever been for growth because I'm a father. So yeah, you know, before I like growth, I value it. I want to be a better person. Those are all motivating. But nothing has motivated me like you know I have all these kids and I just want to be a good sure, dad. Sure. Sure. So I'm gonna go through the shit like and I'll I'll come out of it you know however I do just to just to be a better dad. So but you know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. It's literally like you know here comes the fitness you know <laughs> conversion. But you work out like you have a good workout and you, you, your performance declines for a few days. You're a little sore. Mm-hmm. You're a little stiff. You know your body has to heal, adapt, and become stronger. That's what it felt like. For a week, I wasn't the same. I had did did some breakdown. I was sore. I had to allow the adaptations to happen. Yesterday I woke up and I felt like, oh shit. Like I feel not only like myself, but like a better version of myself. Yeah. yeah. I was from one. Freaking session, yeah, as wild. No, I yeah. can't wait.
3: To, I can't wait. Remember,
1: to... um, uh, Chalene? Am I saying your name right, Chalene? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She talked about it. Remember, she said it was brown, groundbreaking. For oh, her. she did it too. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so when we interviewed her. She said, "Oh, I did this thing called EMDR and whatever." When I heard, oh, her that's say that, right. That's oh. when you. That's actually when
3: you brought it up for the yeah. first time. You actually said, like, "I just did that." Yeah. Or yeah, no, I, I'm going I, to. I'm going to be doing yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that. You know, speaking of growth, uh, it's it's been a while. We we've you know, uh, every once in a while we share some of the behind the scenes uh, investments and things that we have in, in companies. Like we started angel investing, what, two, two and a half years ago. And uh, got I just got the quarterly report on Element T, dude.
5: Oh, Element, Element
3: is crushing right now. So that's been cool to see. And really tough time to do that, right? I mean, I look back and- You know, I, when people ask me about it, I'm like, yeah, we probably timed the angel (laughs) investing, (laughs) the the worst time ever to do it. the most (laughs) inflated evaluation. Yeah. So like, you know, we've been kind of weathering the storm the last year and a half of like all these companies that we invested in, but I mean, the positive side is if you have a company like Element that is actually growing quarter over quarter, year over year in a time right now when valuations were overly inflated and it was everybody was spending and
1: growing like uh, pretty exciting. Here's, here's why they're crushing so much. I'll be 100% honest. First, I'll tell you what the value, but then I'm going to tell you why they're crushing. Tell us. The value is because no electrolyte. Electrolytes have been in the market forever. We've known their value forever. Uh, by the way, symptoms of, of of electrolyte imbalance include like brain fog, mm-hmm. uh, like mild headaches, of course muscle cramps, weakness, you know poor performance, constipation or gut, you know digestive issues, like a lot of things that people suffer from and they don't realize that um, yeah, they're they electro- don't relate it to that. Yeah. yeah, they don't know that their electrolytes are imbalanced. And it's usually sodium. They usually need if they're an athlete especially and they don't eat heavily processed food, they probably need more sodium. Well, the value of element. Uh, is that they they actually have the right amount of sodium. No
2: mm-hmm.
1: electrolyte powder company has the right amount of sodium because we've been fear-mongered to death about sodium. Everybody's afraid to put the right amount of sodium in it.
2: And they've leaned completely into just making it taste good for the consumer, well, so they cut and reduced substantially the amount of sodium that's like an effective dose. Well,
1: here's here's why. Here's the other half you're just, you're just touching on. element. Here's why it crushes. There are three... We know there's three things that make something palatable, okay? Salt, sugar, and fat. Mm. That combination of of those types of, of flavors and experiences uh, are what make things palatable. That's why hyper palatable processed food is so processed is they can take those and they can engineer things to be so irresistible that it's ridiculous. Well, here you have a sugar-free powder, which, look, sweeteners, artificial or natural, they use natural, they use stevia, it's not as good as sugar for most people, but it's sweet, sweet enough. But when you taste something with, let's be honest, you taste something with stevia, you know it's not sugar. Or, mm. you know, aspartame, you know it's not sugar. Again, they use stevia. So you know it's not sugar. However, you add a nice dose of sodium to that. Yeah. It tastes hella good. Yeah. So now that's why they're crushing. It tastes super good because the sodium, which is appropriate, also simultaneously makes it like taste. So literally, if you add it to your water, it tastes like a flavored drink but it's not it's got stevia there's no calories in it whatsoever it's the sodium
3: you know they have a, a flavorous flavor now did you know that it's
1: just sodium uh-huh. i've had that oh, oh you tried it i have oh i haven't tried it yet yeah i mm. want it oh really no uh, okay you like the flavors yeah. just, just, i haven't just, tried it yet you sodium add, it adds a mouthfeel to it and there's an experience but without the sweet it just tastes salty
3: <laughs> so. yeah. I mean I've mixed it with the pre workout, which is I don't know if you've oh, done that yet. Oh, There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll take like Legion's
1: green apple and then I'll oh, mix it. Well that it. probably makes it delicious. It does. Because the sodium adds mm-hmm. palatability. Mm-hmm. Wow, what yeah. a
3: great idea. Yes. Well, I mean, I told you that I've I've had i am been I'm now I'm taking two packets because of the muscle cramps and stuff that I've been dealing with. Oh yeah. And so um, you know, originally and I think I think it definitely is, you know, the diet I've I've I haven't been eating Uh, at home and that this clean... I've been eating... We talked about this before. I used to... If I eat out, I was eating like the, you know, um, Nick the Greek and Poke Bowls, but those are loaded full. So even though they're They're healthy choices, they're loaded full of sodium and a lot of that has come out of my diet and it's mostly foods that we make from home and so... I didn't realize how how low I could potentially be. So now I'm doing two. Like I try and do one in the morning when we're working in here. And then before I work out, I'll mix with like a pre-workout um, beforehand and actually really like
1: it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I got a shout out. Uh, it's called Home and On The Way. This is uh, Montessori Peaceful Parenting uh, and Attachment. It's a really nice uh, page. It's a, it's a mom of two in a Montessori guide. Talks about raising kids and, and, you know, what it's like and all that stuff. Really, uh, really good stuff. In fact, she just did a post that showed that 98% uh, uh, of occupations, 98% of occupations are more stressful uh, or less stressful, I should say. So 98% of occupations are less stressful than being at home with little kids caring for them. You know? I believe that.
3: Yeah. I have never I've never heard a dad who, you know, took the day or two off of managing the home front with their kids that said like, "Oh man, I would, that's way easier. I'd rather do that than my hard ass job." Yeah. Never. <laughs> yeah. Never never met a man who's ever ever gone yeah. through that. Which is kind of crazy. We we've gotten away from I mean celebrating stay-at-home moms. I like I'd like to bring that back because I think that I think there is no I don't think there's many jobs that are more challenging, and I definitely think there's- What's more valuable? There's nothing more important. Yeah. When you are raising the next generation, years zero through 10, they've already said, are the most important years of the development of a child's brain into adulthood. And so what could be more important than the, the mom that or dad who, who potentially staying home and making sure those kids Did are tell, raised you right? You guys
1: want to hear a statistic It's going to make you sad? Mm-hmm. Uh, your uh, ninety-three percent of the time that you'll spend with your kid is up till the age of eighteen. Wait, wait, oh, ninety-three percent. Ninety-three percent after wow. the age of eighteen, like seven percent. So it's up till they're eighteen, and then they're gone. And then that's you just it. giving treat me, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking sorry, oh. Justin's gonna start crying. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I also think that's. I mean,
3: there's this. There's obviously seven percent that that's not true, right? So I think I feel like that's, well, seven
1: percent left of life, right, of right. Life.
3: Like, but I mean that there's there's obviously a percentage of people that flip that on its head, right? It's kind of like the uh, Katrina and I always talk about how we wanted to always flip the the marble jar sex thing on its head, and we absolutely have done that, which is the you, if you were to put a marble in for every time you had sex before being married, that after marriage, like it, oh. you'll never be able to get it out. Mm. That our sex volume is way higher today than. It bro, was, just
1: follow the with. Italian model with kids. Just they live with you until they get married. So, if, however long it takes know, him, he lives good. with you. bro. <laughs> that's
3: crazy. I mean, I could. So the only way I could do that, or would I don't want think to that's that, a good model, is by if, that. I, <laughs> if I if I, we had like huge pro like hundred acres, and they My, like the, the nachos, yeah. their own house. <laughs> you <laughs> would do that, right? I would do that.
1: Uh, kind of, but I I want a self-sufficient kid. I don't want to raise a... You you got your own house to deal with, you know what I'm saying? You got to buy it then? Uh, I don't know.
4: I think we should go full righteous gemstones. Yes. That's right.
1: Our Our kids' houses next door. Yeah. Family Totally. I got to go ask my dad for money, 45-year-old kid. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't say that. Hey, check this out. Do you suffer from neck and shoulder pain? Are you doing mobility work, can't figure out how to solve these issues? Well, you can use something called the mobility wall. It's like a foam roller that goes in your doorway, but it's much more than that. It allows you to work on areas you couldn't normally work on with a foam roller. It definitely helps a lot of people with neck and shoulder pain. We get a lot of messages from people whose shoulders bother them when they bench press or overhead press, or they have neck issues after they row or deadlift. They use the mobility wall before the workouts. The pain is gone. This thing is a game changer. Go check them out. Go to mobilitywall.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump at checkout and get 20% off your first order. All right, back to the show. Our first caller is Lexi from Alabama. Hi, Lexi. How are you doing? How can we help you?
6: I'm great. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you.
6: Okay. Hi. I wanted to thank y'all for everything y'all do. It does not get appreciated. You got it. So I've been listening to y'all for about two years and I've almost listened to every single episode. And when I was 13, I was diagnosed with anorexia and I'm now recovered. And in 2020, I started running and now I run about six to seven miles, six days a week. And I strength strength train for about an hour and a half, five days a week. And I average around 25,000 steps. Um, I'm 4'11", around 100 pounds, and eat around 2,200 calories. And I've never gotten a period. And I recently um, just got lab work, finding finding out I have low estrogen and testosterone and as well as severe anemia with a hemoglobin of 7.7. So I was wondering... If y'all had any, I feel a little lost and I was wondering if y'all had any guidance.
3: Yeah, I have a, Le- feel, I have a feeling you're going to know what we're going to say to yeah. you too.
1: Lexi, first off, uh, thanks for coming on. And I yeah. appreciate you uh, sharing your diagnosis and kind of what you're doing and coming on. I really appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you saying you're lost, but I'm going to tell you how I feel over here based off of what you just said um, and some of the numbers you gave me. This, this is, it's very clear. What the answer is? I don't feel lost at all. Now, sometimes when people present some of the stuff that you said to me, like you know, I haven't got my period, you know, hormone levels are off. Sometimes I feel a little lost because it's hard for me to kind of figure out what's going on, and we have to kind of look at what they're doing and change a few things, see how their body responds. But every once in a while, it's very clear, kind of what's going on. Okay, so first thing I want to say, Lexi, is um, exercise tends to be abused by people who are recovering with body dysmorphia type uh, issues. So people who um, ha- were, are recovering from anorexia or bulimia or orthorexia or what's been nicknamed bigorexia, right? This is like uh, you know people that feel like they're too skinny and just want to build uh, a lot of muscle. This might've been what I had. We tend to get into exercise um, and then the exercise starts to become how we kind of abuse ourselves, okay? Um, so it becomes a little more sneaky. The 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 connection to you know not eating um, is still there. It's just now shifted and morphed into um, beating yourself up with exercise or trying to burn everything off or distract yourself. It could typically be one of those one of those things. Um, running of all the forms of exercise is the most likely to be abused by somebody who um, had anorexia or bulimia. The nature of running, the uh, persistent, you know, tolerance of the pain, the distraction, the like just going for it and just weathering the storm type of deal for whatever reason seems to pair well with people who, um, who, who are recovering from things like anorexia and bulimia. Based off of what you're telling me, um, it's very, very clear that you are way over and way under eating, Okay. So what we need to do is reverse out of what you're doing. Um, Now, I want to ask you, Lexi, if if when I say we're going to really reduce your exercise activity and we're going to increase your caloric intake or the types of foods you eat, because we're also going to focus on some nutrient-dense foods due to the hemoglobin levels. When I say that to you, what's your visceral reaction? How does your body feel when I say, we're going to start working out way less and start eating more? The
6: thought sounds great. But the, um, it's, I think it's easier said than done.
1: Yeah. What's the feeling in your body? When I say that, what's your visceral reaction?
6: Um, I think my body would enjoy or react very well, but I'm, I'm fearful.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you feel the fear in your body right now while I'm talking about it. Like, uh uh-oh, I don't know if I want to do that. The feeling of it, right? You can logically think this is a good idea, but the feeling of it doesn't feel too good. Kind of feel scary. Right. Okay, that feeling uh, is going to stick with you while you do what I'm about to tell you. So you're going to have to ignore those feelings of fear, because if you don't, then you're going to go back to what you're what you're doing now. So we need to dramatically cut down your running. Uh, in fact, uh, and I don't know if this is too much at once, and I don't mean it physically. I mean mentally. Um, if you were my client and I knew you would do whatever I tell you. I would immediately have you stop running completely, (laughs) completely, no more, no more running. You can keep doing your steps. Keep, keep, you know, walking. I would do no running. I would take your five days a week of strength training for an hour and a half. And I would have you do two to three days a week of full body training. I would have you do maps anabolic for diet. I would have you focus on, um, nutrient dense animal sources of protein like red meat, red meat and eggs would be the primary sources that I would have you focus on. If you do what I'm saying, I would not be surprised if your period came back quickly within 30 to 90 days um, and those numbers start to change uh, shortly thereafter. So that's what I would love for you to do. Now, if that sounds like it's too much, then what you would do is you would cut back on as much running as you feel like you can consistently tolerate.
3: Well, the goal would be what you just said. So if, if if that's really scary to do that, you still, you'd want to head towards that direction. You just want to do it incrementally if you can't do that, but that would be ideal.
1: Yeah. I mean, literally, if you just stopped running right now and just went and did lifting full, you know, full body maps anabolic style and, you know, made sure to eat good protein and nutrient dense animal sources of, of protein um, you would, your body would react in a very positive way. But the, the, the mental psychological aspect is going to be the big challenge.
6: Right. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Are you are you working with anybody like a therapist or someone uh, through this process?
6: Um we're looking. Um it's kind of hard to find someone good in the area. Today I went to a an I, I went to a natural um uh naturopathic and they gave me some uh some medicine to take like I was low on zinc too. Right. And they gave me a few other
3: Yeah, I would. I'd like to uh, let's get you in the forum. So I'd like you have some support, Doug, to give you some access to the forum, so you have access to us as you go through this. So if you go and come up with any challenges (laughs) or have any questions, uh, we can be there to help support. And then if you don't have Maps Anabolic already, Doug will also send you Maps Anabolic. Do you have that yet?
6: I do not. Well, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, we're gonna send that to you. And um, so this is gonna be a tough process. I really recommend you work with. <clears throat> Not, uh, you and, and look a naturopathic medicine specialist or functional medicine practitioner is great. Um, uh, but I think you should work with someone who's going to help you deal with the, uh, the psychological challenge of removing what is right now your drug, which is exercise and, and just kind of distracting yourself or beating yourself up. Cause when you remove that, whatever those feelings are that you're either avoiding or, you know, blunting are going to come up in a big way and it's going to feel kind of challenging. But I will say this, Lexi, on the other end of this, if you do this, oh, God. you're gonna you're gonna come out so uh just so much better off across the board. Like you're gonna feel amazing physically, mentally, you're gonna feel so strong and balanced. Um, everything's gonna come right to you. You're young and your body's gonna respond so well to what I'm saying, but the 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 detachment from this this relationship is going to be kind of, it's like, it's like, it's like breaking up with a toxic boyfriend. It's like, you know, you need to do it, but when you do it, you still got to break up with them. And you're like, Oh, I'm lonely. What do I do now? Type of deal. So it's going to be a tough, a bit of a tough uh, road ahead. Let me, let me ask you a question, Lexi, is anything that I'm saying right now surprising or did you think like deep down, like, that's probably what I need to do?
6: Yeah, no, I, I knew
1: yeah, she's mm-hmm. been listening to the show for a long time. Why? What? What's prevented you? Is it? Is it just the the fear of 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 doing those things, of cutting those things out?
6: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: That's tough. Do you have any friends or anything? Anybody that you work out with that's doing this with you? No. Okay.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: You all have right. you have us. You
3: have us. now. <laughs> You're in the forum right now, and I would love to hear from you. I want to add one uh, thing too to the the thing, all the advice that we're giving right now. When you get MAPS at a ball, there's going to be a temptation from you to want to go through it like a circuit, to just keep on moving and, and pushing, yourself, yeah, pushing yourself.
1: Do the rest periods. I please. want
3: three-minute rest periods from you, long rest periods. And all I want you to think about is getting to a place where you can just get stronger and stronger, trying to add weight to the bar. So your goal from these workouts is to get stronger, to be able to lift more weight, not sweat really hard burn lots and get through the workout as fast as you possibly can take your time through it give yourself long rest periods try and add weight to the bar week over week that's the way you want to focus through this program between that and focusing on the the meat and eggs like sal saying i actually don't think you're going to need to boost your calories too much right now if you just focus on those foods Twenty two hundred calories for a four foot eleven girl. It's around one hundred pounds. It's not bad. It's not bad calories at all. I think you're just we're burning way too much. Yeah, by you're all depleting
1: the, the hell out of your body with the amount of um, running and training. Yeah, you're just. I mean,
3: but just simply by shifting mm-hmm. the choices of food, I think you you suggested, which is perfect. With re- eliminating the running and cutting back from six days to three days of lifting, I think the calories are, aren't too bad. Actually, I think you're going to be okay. Now, ultimately, we would try and get up, but that's not a bad place.
1: No, you'll build strength, you'll build muscle, your body will start to feel more solid. Um, but you know, let me ask you this, uh, if you don't mind answering this, and you have to answer this if you don't want to, <clears throat> was the anorexia tied to body dysmorphia, or was it a control thing uh, for you?
6: I think it was a mix of both, but mainly control.
1: Okay. So, okay. So I'm glad I asked. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Um, We're going to use that to our benefit now until you start to work with a therapist who can really work with you deeper on that. When you feel the urge to run or work out or beat yourself up uh, in the gym, is there something you can do that is an alternate, something you can replace it with? So like, okay, instead of running, oh, what do I, what do I do now? I want to do something else. Some people do um, journaling. Uh, Other people will, you know, listen to a book or read a book that is uplifting. Other people will do something restorative like yin yoga, not power yoga, not the kind of yoga where you're like beating yourself up. I got to say that because that's what people tend to do. But like the slow breathing meditative type yoga is another option. Is there something that you can think of right now that you might be able to switch to that other thing that's maybe a healthier option for you, you know, mentally?
6: Um, yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: Okay. Do you know what that is? Would you mind naming that or is that you want to keep that to yourself?
6: Yeah. Um. I've started a little small business of baking um, healthy desserts. So maybe just focus on that.
1: Hey, I like that. Here's the thing with people that have uh, issues with control. Although it can go in a bad way. If you learn how to harness it, you're going to be kick-ass in a lot of areas of your life, including business. And most entrepreneurs struggle with this. In fact, this is why Adam will say one of the biggest hurdles for entrepreneurs is figuring this out because then they get to a certain point and then they can't control everything and then they got to move out of it. But initially, you can harness this and really become kick-ass. So uh, I think that's a good idea. When you get the urge to go run, go beat yourself up, focus on your business. That might be a good strategy. I like it.
6: All right. Thank you all
1: so much. Thanks, Lexi. Let us know how it goes Thanks. in the forum, okay?
6: Okay. Thank you for everything.
1: No problem. I uh, hate, man, when I hear stuff like that, it makes me so, ugh. Yes. But I hope she takes the advice because her body is going to, and she's going to respond at her age. She's Her body's going to respond so well uh, to what, you know, what we told her. But what's happening for people listening is uh, she's she's literally beating herself up and depleting her body with the amount of exercise that she's doing. Her calories and nutrients aren't enough to match that activity and but it's more than that. Even if she were eating enough, it's just too much on her body. The stress is so high that her body does not want to have a period. The hormones are reflecting that and the nutrient levels are depleted because she's she's sucking nutrients out of her body to try to repair all the damage.
2: Yeah, it's always interesting to see kind of how that shifts into a different form uh, and it can, it can be sneaky like that. Like it's... Um, you, you, especially in, in health and fitness, it's like, we want to pursue things that benefit our body. And so it becomes like an obsession of getting healthy, but then we, we sort of overdo it
3: in, totally. in that direction. I actually think that she's going to see incredible results just by simply cutting out the running and reducing the weight. Oh, huge. In half. That yeah. alone yeah. will do it because I mean, she's, she's 95 pounds four eleven. Mm-hmm. 2200 calories is not a bad calorie intake. So she's just she's just tipping she the scale needs to over. recover. She's just overtraining. Yeah. yeah. She's just overtraining right now. She's not what what's harder is when someone is is grossly overtraining and grossly under eating and she's not right. th-
1: I mean, she's under eating for her activity and nutrients, yes. obviously. And, and and the reason why I said focus on nutrient dense <clears throat> foods is more to replace what's not been that's gone. She has to in eat more now yep. to make up the difference and then get to a level of, of balance. So, but I
3: mean you 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 cut out I mean, six days of running
1: completely. <laughs> and you Six re- to seven miles a day. Yeah, yeah, and you
3: reduce that. And then all of a sudden, 2,200 calories is actually probably feeding the body pretty well. So I think that that's going to make a huge difference so long as she falls in. I mean, she knew. I mean, she said yeah. she listened to every yeah, episode. Enough. So you yeah. know she knew. She's needed to hear it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what happens a lot of times when we get these these questions like this. I think people know the answer. I think totally. they just want to hear. <laughs> well,
1: wanna- when, when they call in, what happens is they're ready To hear what they know. They just need that one last, uh, you know, push or whatever.
4: Our next caller is Rebecca from Tennessee.
1: Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing?
7: Hello. Good. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I wish I had um, the knowledge uh, I've gotten from listening to y'all 10 years ago when I was leaner and had a better metabolism, but (laughs) I appreciate it.
1: (sighs) No problem. How can we help you?
7: Okay. Two-part question. I have heard uh, if you're in your 40s, you should no longer do HIIT or high intensity cardio. The source states that it increases your stress level and in turn increases your cortisol. Thought?
1: You go one at a time? Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, boom. Okay. That's a very general statement that can be true or not true. First, uh, to be clear, all exercise is a stress on the body, all exercise raises cortisol. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a stress response. The reason why you get stronger and more fit is your body adapts so that that same stress no longer becomes a stress. That's why you have to add weight to the bar or make it work out harder, add reps to keep progressing. Now, uh, high-intensity interval training, it can be inappropriate or appropriate depending on the individual. It really has less to do with age and more to do with the individual. There
3: is a reason, though, that we made that program so late. The, yeah. as, as we did
1: it's a it's the most abused form of exercise yes
3: yeah, by
2: far and you shouldn't live in it anyways uh so it's it's a very short program so it's something you kind of um weave in uh with your strength training as well but strength training is definitely going to be the hub of of your focus yeah, it's, so, rare,
3: it's rarely ever sure. a program that we recommend think right. about all the times we've answered True. live questions. rarely ever do we get somebody on here and we're talking to them like you know what you need you need some more hit in your life. Yeah. That's it's rare. It's just it's a tool. It can be used, but it's it's rarely it's rarely one of those ones that we think that most people should be doing most of the time.
1: I'll tell you where most of the value of hit comes from. Okay? Hit's value comes from its improvement in VO2 max performance. That's mm-hmm. most of its value. Mm-hmm. The way that hit is used for the most part is to try and burn as many calories as possible. So, and, and, and in that case, it's got some value for a very short period of time. And then after that, it's really not that valuable anymore. So let me ask you a question, Rebecca, what are your goals? Sure. Why are you doing HIT? Like, what is it that you're looking for?
7: Well, I'd, I've actually taken it out of my routine um, and just started walking more. Um, I used to be a circuit person and um, did more of it, but lately I've kind of, decrease that a lot I may do sprints every once in a while just to make sure I can still do it Mm -hmm. but I've really taken it out as of late
1: were you an athlete in college no okay no what are are your goals uh and then okay let me do
7: part two questions about that okay okay my husband has great genetics he is 53 and eats whatever he wants he probably doesn't even get 100 grams of protein a day He is very muscular and looks better than most men half his age. He gets comments whenever we go in public and from our friends. I'm not jealous of him, slightly jealous of eating whatever you want. I work out. I eat healthy. I've been consistently working out for over 20 years. So we've been married 23. We've gone to the gym consistently the whole time. I have a degree in nutrition. Um, I would just like to look like the work I put in. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. So this is actually connected to the first what one. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> well, first off, you're, yeah. uh, you know, as far as someone else having genetics that a lot, I mean, that's just the real world. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, Adam's yeah. two, you know, three inches taller than me. Can't do anything about it, but I have more hair than he does. Can't do anything about that either. <laughs> uh, and so um, there's people like that. So Can't but, win them all. in terms yep. of what you can do, I need to know what your goals are, what your current workout looks like. And what does your lifestyle look like? Do you have kids? Do you go, do you get good sleep every night? Like,
7: uh, I get great sleep every night. I uh, sleep all the time. Um, I, uh, got anabolic in the fall and I did that and then, um, went back through it kind of again. in um, the new year i just started last week, a five by five program, just trying to switch things up a little. Um, I'm 47 so I'm not really trying to look like, you know, a uh, fitness model or anything like that. I just want to look, you know, fit and healthy and like and like all the time that I do put in like you can tell basically.
1: Okay. And so what does that mean for you? Like leaner, uh, more sculpted, um do you have more specific, uh, you know, goal?
7: I would like to look um a little bit more muscular, like tell that I actually go to the gym and lift weights more.
1: Okay. Well, I, than can, I look like. I can tell you work out, Rebecca, mm-hmm. just by looking at you. So but I'm I'm what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna um decipher what you're saying is kind of look more sculpted. Um in addition yes. to maps anabolic, what did you add on top of that? Because I'm assuming you didn't just do maps anabolic.
7: Um, like what do you mean? Like I just did like cardio wise, yeah, anything, what did I do with it? Yeah, any it?
1: other exercise? Did you add anything else? No, to it? I
7: just would, I just would walk, and then one or two times a week, uh, threw in some sprints on the treadmill. Okay. Um, that's all I did. That's a, that's and I, I did not, not lose yeah. any weight. I what? stayed the exact same weight running it, um, and like I said last week, I started up the five by five gram. Hmm.
3: I have, I, I would you. No one's asking questions about nutrition. Well, no yeah, one, that's I, where I, we I want you know, to get there. Yeah, I mean, especially since you have a degree there. So you obviously know uh, a, a bit about nutrition. Where are your calories right. at? Where's your protein at? How often do you track? Tell me some stuff like that.
7: Okay. I used to track and weigh, um, did that for a couple of years. So now I haven't been weighing that much because I kind of know pretty much what four ounces of chicken looks like. Um, We have our own cattle, so I have all the grass-fed beef I want. Um, I try to get about 120 grams of protein a day and then just work from there. Eat a lot of broccoli, rice, potatoes.
3: Any any idea on the calories that you're consuming on a
1: regular basis? I would
7: assume I probably have about 1,900 calories a day.
1: Okay. Now let me ask you. I like qu- to eat. Let me ask you this, Rebecca. When you did MAPs anabolic and your body weight didn't change, did you get stronger? Yes. Okay. I, I would suggest measuring progress by looking at the trends with body fat percentage because my uh hunch,
3: in exchange, is that mm-hmm.
1: you you built some muscle and burned some body fat. If, if you're getting stronger, it usually means you're building muscle, usually. And if your body weight stayed the same and you saw some pretty measurable strength gains you probably got leaner while building more muscle.
3: It's a, listen, if you hit your protein intake, you got stronger in the gym, the scale didn't move. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's it's if if you got stronger in the gym, you hit your protein intake consistently and then the weight didn't move on the scale, then what happened is that for the couple pounds of muscle that you built, you also lost a couple pounds of fat which was a was a net zero on the scale, which is just yeah. a little more consistency. I mm-hmm. mean, this is the one of the hardest parts I think for clients is when we're in like, even though You're that's building the, right now it's one of the best places to be it's a great sweet spot to be but it takes so much mental discipline because it's a slow process yeah. when the scale doesn't move like that and everybody gets hung up on wanting to see the scale move you might have been doing a pretty damn good
2: yeah, this is a new blueprint. I mean, this is a whole new way of training that you're just introducing. And I mean, it seems like it's been adequate enough time for your body to start really like changing, transforming, uh, which it has like on the strength side and also the building side. But uh, it sounds to me like you want it a little more reveal, which, you know, might be just like the composition of body fat.
1: Yeah, I would. Look, there's two options here, Rebecca. You can either cut your calories. I don't think that's a good idea yet because 1900 isn't much. And, and that would take you down to like 1400 calories. And then you'd be kind of stuck there. The other option is to do a slow reverse diet yes. for three, four months, uh, maybe interrupted by some slight breaks or some small breaks, and then go cut from there so that wherever you end up is in a you know sustainable place, which I think you should do. I think a slow reverse diet, focus on building strength, if the scale doesn't move much and you're still increasing your calories, you're winning. Then when you get up to like 25, 26, 2700 calories, body weight staying roughly the same, you're much stronger in the gym. Then I would start the cut from there and then you'd see the body fat uh, come off your body and you'd be in a place where you can maintain kind of where you're at now with calories. I'm,
3: I'm also, if you were my client. I, I would make you track right now. I just would. I would just because I okay. want that way I could give you better for sure answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even with your, I like I know you have the knowledge to know what like about four ounces of protein is and what a good, what a good choice and a bad choice is like, that's a, that's a, a huge help for me. But even after all these years I've been doing this, and I don't know many people that have weighed and measured to the detail that I have. I still surprise myself when I come back and I track and I go like, Oh wow, that was I thought I was eating a little more of that, or I thought I was eating a little less of that. And when I look at it over the course of two, three weeks, it really gives me a better picture and idea of what I'm doing consistently, which then gives me like, okay, this is where I need to go from there, whether it's cutting calories or increasing them to speed my metabolism up. So I I would want you in this case to at least give me a month or so of like tracking so we can get a really good, a more clear picture, because then I can give you more like Accurate advice of oh this is for sure what's happening you know based off of where your grams of protein your calories are and what you've been doing consistently and I know what you've been doing training wise and I know what's going on with the scale I would be able to answer like with more certainty yeah. of what's what's happening
7: right should I increase my 120 and increase that a little
3: I don't think your I don't think your protein is uh, do you mind if I ask you about where your weight is or where, what, no, give me where's your goal weight where would you want to be weight wise on the scale.
7: My goal weight um, back when I was leaner by about one forty.
3: Okay, so your protein. And I'm about
7: one. Yeah, I'm about one fifty right now.
3: Okay, so so one twenty to one forty is fine. So your protein's not, but the and, and I and I would challenge this because you said you you think around one twenty. So like when I say oh I think I'm around like one eighty, but then when I start tracking, I'm like oh I do hit one eighty sometimes. But then I hit right. 90 and I hit 110. And then when I look at it over the course of like two weeks, I'm like, oh, shit. Your
1: average is
2: off.
3: My average is actually more like you know 110. I'm way lower. So that's kind of the type of stuff that I would want to see. And I think that if you're not consistently hitting that 120 to 140, that could also be slowing your progress down of building muscle. So if you, okay. if we saw this very slow exchange where you you add a pound of muscle, you burn one pound of fat, it doesn't really feel like you're really making much change. The scale is staying the same. Even though you're moving in the right direction, part of what my, why you might be moving slow in the right direction is we're not consistently hitting that protein intake. So we're not building the most amount of muscle that we could, which is just slowing that process down. doesn't mean you're doing bad or wrong. It just means we could speed this process up by being more consistent with hitting your targets.
7: Okay, so should I finish out this five-by-five um, five program and then um, change it to something else? What should I go from there, Oh, do from uh, there workout-wise?
1: I mean, you could do MAPS Performance would be good. Uh, MAPS Strong would probably good be good as well. Um, I can send either one of those over to you if you don't have either one. Let's do
3: Performance and let's do the Forum. And then I would actually like I- you, for me... To you know, track for a couple weeks and give me some insight on what you mm-hmm. find, and then from there, okay. I, th- I think I can give even better advice. And when you're in the forum and you do, right. and you do this for me, just tag tag me or the guys so we so we don't miss but, it because there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, but
1: it's gonna look like a reverse diet. I'm assuming right. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. a hundred. Slowly bump. I mean, calories.
3: unless she's already at a really high calorie intake that she didn't realize. I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're like, oh, I thought I was eating 1900, I was actually eating 2700. And if that's the case, then maybe right. She
7: was- Maybe so, cut, yeah.
3: Sure. yeah. And that's the type of stuff that I want to see. Like, let's, let's get an idea. I don't even need a full month. If I had a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks of real consistency, um, of eating the same. And by the way, try and I always tell clients when I tell them to track food for me, uh, eat how you're eating right now. Don't go on. Like all of a sudden now this is your perfect kick. And then I look at it. I'm like, Oh shit, you this is perfect. And you're like, well, it's kind of not how I was eating two weeks ago. I've been trying to do these yeah. things, eat normal and let's see where you're at. And then we can go from
1: there.
7: Perfect. Thanks so
1: much. You got All it, right, Rebecca. Becca. Thank you.
7: Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Adam. Uh, I don't think people realize just how off they almost always are when yeah. they estimate. And and I mean, uh, the most knowledgeable people will be well, off by it. 300, 400 calories, 50, 60 grams, that's a lot on a consistent basis. And yeah. really the only way to know is if you consistently track.
2: I think it's, yeah, it's a conundrum. I think when you are in the field and a lot of time, even with like exercise programming, you know, besides just like, you know, tracking calories and everything else, like you could just, you, I know what to do. And it's like, I know this, but um, you could, you can definitely surprise yourself once you really start getting into the details of what you do on a consistent basis.
3: Yeah. I'm going to take a guess. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm I'm almost certain I know exactly what's going on here is she's actually was seeing some progress. It's yeah. just very slow, very yeah. little. Yeah. Because it, you know, over the course of let's say all of MAPS anabolic three months, she she probably only added three pounds of muscle, mm-hmm. only lost three pounds of fat, which, you know, dispersed over your body and over three months feels like nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So she probably feels like I made no progress whatsoever really, and I did all this stuff. I eat really good. But if we were to go back and really pick apart the diet, I bet you that for every for every good day of eating protein and balanced and hitting her macro targets that she wants she has equal amount of days that she misses just slightly mm-hmm. and that's just enough to slow that to make yeah. that progress very very slow because yeah. it's in it's not consistently hitting those targets. now take that same person following the same program calories all the same but hitting her protein intake consistently day in day out now she builds eight pounds of muscle right. instead of three. And now mm-hmm. she sees that like you put, mm-hmm. you put eight to 10 pounds of muscle on a woman. She's going to feel and see the difference in the, and the end would see a difference even more in strength and,
1: and then the fat loss. You know?
3: And the fat loss would probably start this because the metabolism is now speeding up. So, you know, sometimes it's just this little subtle tweak like that. And a lot of it is just getting a little more insight into exactly what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. I, and I get it because, because she has knowledge in that space It's easy to go like I know I don't eat bad. It's not a matter. You're not eating bad. You're just not hitting your targets. You need to hit to to see the movement you want. to see. I
2: guarantee there's progress. It's just like you gotta get those horse blinders on. Sometimes you know you start comparing yourself, especially like to your husband or whoever else, like close next to you that has like these different genetics. It's you know you really got to stay focused on what's happening with your own body.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. She added that because that. We we could have done without that. That had that, compl- that had, it had zero influence. To do with what it was happening? Zero influence yeah. on um, how we would help her. Um, but I think it came out because it's one of those like oh, why, why am I doing this and I'm not looking like this person type of deal. Oh, there's a, there's could be a lot of reasons for genetics being one of them. Our next caller is Elijah from Australia. Elijah, what's happening? How can we help you?
5: Hey guys, thank you for taking my call. Um, before I ask my question, I'll give you all a bit of context. Um So I started listening to you guys around 2021 during the pandemic. Um I've been training for years before that though, doing stuff like boxing, conditioning workouts and some weights, but I wouldn't even consider those years proper training until I started implementing some of the protocols and strategies you guys talk about on your show and they have been game changers. Awesome. awesome. I, I started a bulk about this time last year. Um away I weighed 77 kilos and I'm like six foot four. So I was quite underweight and I was always a bit obsessed with staying lean. But um, I decided if I need to see any changes, I got to bump the calories. And um, that's what I did. So very gradually, I increased them and increased them. And fast forward to now, I weigh 90 kilos. I weighed myself last week, I'm 90 kilos and I'm eating between like 3,500 to 4,000 calories every day, and I'm still relatively lean. So that's been a win. Thank you. Um, I'm eating only whole foods, lots of eggs, milk, um, kangaroo, organs, honey, stuff like that. And I also use quite a bit of salt, quite liberally. I know you guys talk about the benefits of salt and how most people that train and eat whole foods actually need to use more salt in their diet. So I tried this too. I started increasing my salt intake and um, I noticed my performance in the gym was better. I have more energy throughout the day and as I've been increasing my calories, um, I've continued to salt like all those other small meals I've been having throughout the day as much as I would my main meals. And um, like the more... I was I was uh like the more salt I was adding I started to notice like some uh negative uh, yeah negative like side effects like obviously I started retaining a lot of water I felt a bit sluggish a bit groggy throughout the day and I even started to get like a bit of reflux I don't know if that was from the salt though it could have been some other things but my question for you guys is, we know that salt isn't as bad as what we're told, and I know you guys promote increasing your sodium intake, but for someone like myself who's bulking and eating like a lot of food, even if you are having whole foods and you're on a, like a quote-unquote clean diet, can salt or sodium have negative health effects? like these studies they've put out in the presence of ex ca- excess calories or is it just, it's just, um, the, the case of like a uh, too much of a good thing as it turns into a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Well, let's back up for a second. Um, do you know how much salt you're consuming or are you just adding it liberally and you're, you're only not oh, grams? I haven't,
5: I haven't been weighing it or anything. It's just, I've got a little, a little jar here and it's just like, yeah, I'm just, if it's I'm all sure.
3: if it's all on Whole Foods, I very much so doubt. I wish I had this. Maybe Doug can look it up for me. I used to have this really great um, infographic or whatever you call it, where it showed. And I think I've talked to you guys about this before. It showed like a uh, um, processed foods. one, yeah, like yeah. one like McDonald's meal, and then it showed like how many meals, whole food meals, like like, and they showed like a pile of salt. How like, you have? It's at. pretty yeah. substantial. Yeah, it's it's Crazy. A, so. Where it could be, potentially this, uh, is if you are salting your whole foods like crazy and then you still have a lot of processed foods in the diet Or too. the food
1: itself could be it if you're just eating too much. Yeah. But here, here's the thing, okay? Just to back up for a second. Mm-hmm. If everything stayed the same and then you reduced the salt because you had added a bunch and you reduced it and you felt better, then it mm-hmm. probably was the salt. Your last, The last part of the question was, is too much of a good thing a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, water's great for you. You need water, but you could die if you drink too much water. So mm-hmm. it's true. Now, the only way to know if that's the case, though, is if everything's controlled. Yeah, if you controlled everything, you kept everything the same, raised the sodium, lowered the sodium, noticed you felt better at a particular point, then that's mm-hmm. what worked better for you. Now, the 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 hint the there's some some hints here into what you're saying that tells me that it may actually be the sodium. One is in your written question that it looks like you kept everything the same. You just decreased the salt and felt better. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So that right there tells me that it might be the salt. And then the second thing you mentioned, a lot of people don't know this, but lots of sodium for some people can cause um, issues like acid reflux. It can Mm -hmm. change the pH and acidity to the point where people will start to get some heartburn. So that, that also tells me that it might've just been too much. So there is a good amount of sodium or the right amount, and it's higher than what the world health organization will recommend, especially for an athlete and you sweat and all that stuff. But can you have too much? Yes, you could definitely have too much. So if you did control everything, everything stayed the same. And then you you raise your sodium, lowered your sodium, put it in the middle and you notice, oh, here's where I feel the best. Then that's probably what it was.
5: Yeah yeah okay yeah i, I like i kind of knew that i thought it, it might have been because um yeah like I, I wasn't yeah i wasn't really paying attention to how much i was using i was like oh this is great i'll I just keep pulling it on but then yeah you yeah. mm-hmm. it, uh, it could, know i could you
3: know what would also make the difference too sal is if there was a a major shift in the intensity and volume of training you're doing too like so if he was Let's say he was, you know, eating a good amount of salt, and you yeah, know he started
1: overtraining. Or yeah,
3: something. boxing training all the time. So that, and then all of a sudden went the other opposite direction. Now you're like uh, maps, anabolic, walking. You're not pushing the intensity very much, and only training three days a week. And then you're also increasing sodium at the same time. They could do a, a flip flop. Yeah,
1: your sodium needs go up or down based off of activity and, right. and sweating. But Sweat. if but if everything stayed the same, so that includes activity and lifestyle and you just raised it and lowered the salt, and you noticed, you know, here's where I feel the best, and that's probably what it is. The other question I have too, Elijah, is what kind of salt are you using?
5: Celtic, and um, Celtic say salt and pink Himalayan. All right. Most Celtic.
1: Good. Yeah, you're getting other, You're getting some other um, electrolytes in there. If, if you controlled everything... And increased sodium decreased it, and found that that oh, a little lower than what I thought. I feel better, then that's probably what it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only other direction I would see is if, like if you if you had introduced a food, you know, that you hadn't before, and then you were reacting to it somehow. Um, with your gut, like uh, for me, that's something that it presented a new host of variables. Like I started to get a little acid reflux. So I don't know if you've been through that whole process of kind of eliminating, introducing and, you know, parsing out like what types of foods like uh, do best with you and like, what are the most digestible, that kind of a thing. But sounds to me like if you reduced your salt and it helped, you know, that's pretty clear. Yeah,
1: Here's the other thing too, is that um, I don't care what Any expert says, um, now this is, of course, in the context of a normal, healthy individual. So you don't have any like real bad, uh, dysfunctional, psychological issues, let's say. But I don't care what any expert says. uh, If it makes you feel like crap, listen to your body. So if you listen to Mind Pump and we say, eat this much protein, do this much exercise, do this or whatever, and you do it, you're like, oh, I feel like shit. Don't ignore your body and just do what we said. Like, listen to your body. Your body is going to give you better answers than we are. Now, the only time this is not the case is when you have like really dysfunctional relationships uh, with our own bodies and exercise where a person is like, well, they're telling me I'm overtraining, but I'm going to keep overtraining because this makes me feel better, even though they clearly are type of deal. So, but but if if you're like, if you're controlling these things and you're pretty good, you're not like, you know, like I said, you don't have these like really dysfunctional relationships with exercise and diet, listen to your body because there's always going to be an individual variance and there could be other factors that we're just not seeing. And I, you know, the worst thing you could do is ignore your body because some, you know, some expert told you to do something out. It's like when people get on medications and their doctor says here, this will mm-hmm. help you. And then they are like, I can't This feel, I feel terrible. But doc says, I need to take this. It's yeah. like, well, if you feel terrible, like it's probably you not working be your for your
2: own it. advocate. Always.
1: Totally. Totally. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. No, it's uh, Yeah. It, it, like sometimes you just uh, you hear you hear something is like uh, it's not as bad as we've been told, and it's like oh sweet, I'll just compile it on everything. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. Just, sometimes it, it yeah, it goes backwards. So um, totally. Yeah, but, but before I go, guys, I just wanted to let you know um how much like uh this show you've kind of mentored me not only in the realm of like uh health and fitness but man all, like also as men and uh the kind of advice you give on uh you know fatherhood and stuff like this like i'm i'm in the boat like i'm not sure i've ever really wanted to have kids or stuff like that but hearing you guys talk about um your family lives and even those like especially those conversations you have with the uh, greenfield man i love those and uh, it inspires me to one day maybe uh have kids myself so um no thank you so much for your oh, show perfect, that's the best that's so awesome man that's thank the best you.
1: compliment i think I, I, we could have gotten appreciate it thank you thank you thanks guys you got it i didn't know you could eat kangaroo meat what i didn't know you, you didn't didn't know eat that can, no yeah. i had no idea i mean why not well, i mean like sure. le- legally it's a pretty big well i mean animal. i almost feel like I almost, I don't know, I guess, I assume. Like if they're protected or something? Yeah, like That's it's right a I national, thought. you know
2: I
3: think, what I mean? Like, the thing is like deer, like they're everywhere, you know? Wow. Is like, that right? Do they like, do they hunt? Now obviously they hunt them if they-, if they Bro,
1: kangaroo will fuck you up. You yeah. know? I know. You ever seen what they look like? And have um, you ever seen uh, them the like- moms yeah, yeah, I've seen crazy, them yeah, I've seen know, attack. They're all like- yeah. they're
3: all so, so is there like a, a kangaroo hunting season, just like deer season?
4: How, yeah, I'll, I don't know, but how naive do we sound right now? I think huh? I know.
3: I had no, I, I'm with Sal. I actually, for some reason, I actually do think I've heard people say that. But then, like you, I was like, wait a second, I wouldn't. I,
1: I would have thought it was like a national animal that's yeah. like protected, yeah, yeah, yeah. like bald eagle. Hey, I had some bald eagle
5: yesterday. <laughs> oh
1: my god, what are you
3: talking? About? <laughs> I had some panda meat. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Can you, can you say that one? Maybe time. more <laughs> like <laughs> a <laughs> buffalo. Can you say it's some bald eagle?
4: Actually, you can buy online kangaroo meat. Wow.
3: If You want to try it? It sounds like, tough. Might I mean, be. 30, Doesn't it sound they tough? are athletic? Yeah, yeah, sure. they are, yeah, yeah. it sounds yeah.
1: tough. I had a friend who tried it. He said it made his gut jump around a little bit. So, Stupid. Yeah. Oh, You're terrible dad. <laughs> I'm chin. sorry. Such a bad I'm, dad sorry jerk, I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> My bad. Anyway, the message be uh, <laughs> the message with that question for everybody. Listen, listen to your, your body,
4: body, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Our next caller is Damien from Minnesota.
1: Damien, what's happening? How can we help you?
0: Hey guys. Uh, so happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Hey. All right. Um well so uh I'm a I'm an online coach first off and trainer and I just want to say thank you for uh all the put out there it's really helped me um help a lot of people um and I'm excited to help more so I just I use your stuff every day how to communicate and stuff to communicate so just thank you for that. Um
2: You got it. Brad.
0: For myself though um it's around the concept of intuitive training. Um I put that in quotes I'm not really sure at the a specific term or not, but you mentioned that term a couple times ago, maybe the last couple months. Um, and it's intrigued me because um, I'm finding myself kind of falling into that or wanting to fall into that. And want to know your thoughts. Um, a little context on me specifically, uh, I lost uh, 70 pounds after college um, over the course of a couple years, And over the past uh, two or three years, I used almost exclusively mind pump program to build uh, now about 25 pounds of muscle went from 190 to wow. I was two, um, and I'm a lower body body fat percentage. So free commercial
2: works <laughs> right on. Oh yeah,
0: overall my metabolism's way higher. It's a great place to be if if you're thinking about reverse dieting and do it. Um, but yeah, so I'm in a place now where I love training though, um, and the benefits that it gives me almost more mentally and and emotionally or personally, you might say. Um, Than any specific aesthetic shift, and if I if I want to you know drop a couple body fat percentage, I I know how to do that. Um, but but I've always been a person who has really specific goals and follows programs to a T, um, and wants to hit those goals, whether they're aesthetic, you know, this percentage body fat or a certain strength goal like powerlifting or something. Um, but lately I've just been running Map fifteen uh style program, but also some days I'm sprinkling more exercises. I have more time or if I'm feeling good. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a dad to two daughters under now. So days can look really different. Um, uh, you know, and then, you know, some weeks look different. Like last week I ran more of a three times a week type of deal. Um, but yeah, I just love to hear your guys's advice on training intuitively, not following the program per se. Um, if, if your weeks are going to look different and then How do you think about when to buckle in and follow a program? When do you know you need to do that um, versus train intuitively? Um, Are there any pitfalls in that to be aware of and then look like in your life? Those are sort of my questions.
3: It sounds like you're ready for that and you're kind of already doing that anyways. uh, The only time I suggest this to a client or a person that's interested in, in intuitive training is when you've when you've reached kind of your goals, or you or you don't have any real aesthetic goals at the moment. Meaning, like uh, I, I, this is how I train right now. I'm not really, I don't really care if I build ten more pounds of muscle or reduce three percent body fat. I've got no competition. Uh, you know, I just want to look better than Sal. That's like it, right? So, and I can do that intuitively. Wow. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. It, my, training, my training, my training reflects that, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm not trying to move the needle like it, like with a certain time frame. Uh, it, Just like what you just said, you know, I might be following like a maps 15 type of routine, but then, hey, I got extra time today. The kids are, you know, with somebody else or and I, I, I feel good. I'm well fed. I slept well. So I'm going to do an hour workout today. And so I might do that and I might bounce around from our programs. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that when you I think you're at a very healthy good balanced place body fat percentage is good strength is pretty good mobility is pretty good um I'm healthy I'm just trying I'm trying to weave my my training and exercise in with my lifestyle and what I do and so it it it, it conforms and, and changes based on uh, my week week to week there's nothing wrong with that the pitfall of that is you know, real easily. Sometimes you can, you say you're intuitive training and intuitive training starts looking less and less like training (laughs) more and more. That's
2: why I think, uh, you know, maybe structuring sort of a period for that, um, of, of, you know, uh, experimenting with that. And then, um, coming back to some kind of programming, because obviously it, it requires the knowledge that you have already built. And this is to the point where, Uh, you can understand what moves the needle the most for you individually, that being nutrition, that being training, and you kind of understand how your bodies react. And so you can throttle down and it's going to produce what you want it to produce. You can kind of back off and you can kind of, you know, stay in a bit of a maintenance phase. Um, I mean, this is a long game. So this is all about longevity, what's going to work best for you. It's nice to introduce new stimulus every now and then. And so you want to kind of consider that. So uh, i would I would kind of cruise and experiment your way through that for for a couple months and, and make make sort of a block of this uh, to, to really get some feedback on how well that was going for you and then maybe introduce something new in terms of programming to stimulate you uh, going forward you
1: know you know Damien I have a challenge a big problem with this conversation and it's not uh, anything that Adam and justin are saying but rather the way that we tend to frame intuitive training as if it's uh, like this is this is what intuitive training is, and everything else is structured, planned right. workouts. It's that's not what it looks like. It's more like a range. Mm. So in, intuitive training could be on the low end of the range, where you modify your reps a little bit, or maybe you move a little more intuitive and you change some exercises becomes a little more intuitive. I change the days that I work out mm. and the intensity. And then it can be all the way extreme intuitive where I literally today wake up and decide what I'm going to do. And I had no idea, no concept, or really any structure whatsoever. Okay. What determines where you should probably fall on that scale? There's two things. One is your experience with exercise. If you've been working out and training your body consistently for two decades, then you are, you can probably do the most intuitive form of training and do very, very well. Like If you've been working out for a year consistently, I do not think it's a good idea to try and do the extreme form of intuitive training. You're probably more ready for changing exercises here and there and maybe changing uh, rep ranges. So now, and there's another part to this, which is your relationship with exercise and yourself. If you have a dysfunctional relationship with exercise and your body, uh, intuitive training is terrible. You take somebody who's got body image issues and you tell them, hey, train intuitively. They're going to overtrain. They're going to beat themselves up. Or somebody who has a dysfunctional relationship with strength and you tell them, hey, go train intuitively. They're going to always try and lift heavy, even when their body is telling them not to, even when it's not a good idea. So that's, that's where, that's how we determine where we fall on that scale. Now, based off of what you're saying, I think you're doing great. I think you're perfect. You're doing perfectly fine. What it sounds like you're doing is you're following some structure, but then you modify it based off of mm-hmm. your schedule with your kids mm-hmm. and kind of what you need during that week or whatever. That sounds perfectly fine. Yeah. I think you're totally fine. I think you might actually be overthinking it a little bit. I think you're doing absolutely fine. You're doing great. And I would add more structure when it feels right and when you have a specific goal. I want to hit this target with my PR. I want to build this much muscle or get this lean. That That's when the structure may be more beneficial. But the way you're doing it now, it sounds like – you're doing great.
2: Yeah. The only thing I'd be cognizant of is paying attention to, like, when we get into patterns, uh, we, we tend to, to gravitate towards what we like to do the most. And this is just, like, human behavior in general. And so just to see how many times you tend to lean more towards Specific lifts and repeat those specific lifts without incorporating the other ones. You know, are, your body needs, to, you know, has benefit in that direction. So I would just pay attention to that as you know you're modifying and kind of doing this intuitively.
3: No, that's a great point, Justin. That's a real. To me, that's a it, when he asked a question about pitfalls. That's a definite pitfall, right? Like everybody in this room intuitively trains. Everybody does. Nobody's because I do that all the time. We all intuitively train, but we all have the habit of gravitating towards the exercises, the movements, the rep ranges we like. So you just got to have that check in with yourself, you know, just consistently check in. Like Sal said, I think you're doing great right now. You don't need to, I think you're kind of intuitive training right now. So roll with it, but then also be aware of your own habits and behaviors around training. And typically what we all do is gravitate to the things we're good at, or we like doing. And what I'm sure you've learned already being a coach now Uh, many times what's best for our body is not always necessarily the things that we like doing or we want to do. So, you know, so just having that, you know, come to Jesus moment with yourself occasionally and going like, okay, I've been in quote-unquote intuitive training for the last six months. But, but I haven't I, hit legs. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right>. I've skipped <laughs> legs or I haven't done this Oops. or I, I've been doing five-by-five five that entire time or whatever it is that you love or gravitate towards and be honest with yourself and then go like, ah, my body probably needs me to do this or sort whatever of like that and then and start moving in that direction. That, yeah. that I'd say that's probably the biggest pitfall.
1: Yeah, ball. it's so whenever you do intuitive anything, you know, nutrition, training, whatever, there's really two voices that you're listening to One is the one that's telling you what you need. The other one's telling you what you want. And it's hard to decipher sometimes which one you're listening to. So, you know, hey, my body intuitively is telling me to eat donuts and sit on the couch. You know, probably not the voice you want to listen to. I'm using an easy example, but when you're in the gym, it can be hard to decipher. Oh, intuitively, I think I should go and do some you know, some, some, uh, some singles in the gym. And then you're like, wait a minute, I've been doing singles for the last six months. Like may, maybe not, you know, type of deal. So that's, that's exactly where this can kind of become a challenge. And the way out of that challenge is to sometimes revert back to a program because the program will tell you now nah, it's time for mobility. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Oh, I tend to, I tend to avoid that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and do that anyway. You know, type of deal. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you guys. I, I think it really, now that I'm, I'm hearing you, I think mental block for me has always been that i've been so honed in on a program so i think that that not following one so specific will just lead to like muscle falling off my body <laughs> you know, happen.
2: Uh, yeah no
0: you know, it's like i know how the numbers work it's kind of a i'm used to doing this one thing so I, I now that i'm hearing you talk it's like yeah it'll be fine just kind of do what you know is a good workout a few times a week and you'll stay healthy and and that that makes sense to me I, yeah Thanks.
1: Cool. And he says you're an online coach, NCI certified. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. Do and have- I just signed up. Coaching Mastery and the Vault and all that too. So I'm excited for that.
1: Awesome. Do you have the Prime bundle?
0: Um, I have. Uh, I do. I have Prime and uh, Adam's going to yell at me. I don't have Prime Pro yet. That's like the one program we'll of yours s- I don't. You got to get that. To we'll you. send it. Yeah, the, we'll, we'll send it over. I'm going to gonna you. send you
2: Prime Pro. Yeah, there, yeah. it's essential.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. You're, you're the best.
1: You got it, man. All Thanks right, for calling you. in. Yeah still surprises me how many people remember when you said that (laughs) it's like ptsd Oh, just, oh, don't get yeah. me. I wonder how many people lied. Yeah, I have it. Wonder uh, how many people
2: haven't called in because they know you're. Yeah, yeah, they like, yeah. I have it, But can you
1: can you send me one I for Fred? <laughs> I try
3: to think the positive. How many people go and buy it before they even ask a question? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that because they're like, angle. I'm, I'm going to ask this question right now. I'm going to make sure I got my ass covered because I know it's going <laughs> to shame you into this purchase. Boom. <laughs> I know. That's,
4: that's hilarious. hilarious. I
3: do want you know he'll listen to this later on, and I, I think we didn't get a chance to say it to But since he is a coach, um, rarely ever. Am I encouraging any of my clients to train this way? Never. Because everybody who hires you, uh, I shouldn't say every, most everybody who will ever hire you has a very specific goal that they're trying to obtain. It's, I need to lose 30 pounds. I want to build 10 pounds of muscle. I want to increase my bench press. I want to increase my... And when you have very specific goals and you're a coach... My job is to try and get you there the, the, the fastest, healthiest, best way possible. And to intuitively train and eat is not the way to do that. No. And so if you are a coach... Um, you know, th- th- this is like the ultimate destination for a client eventually to get to when they're beyond you. But when they hire you, I'm never going like, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and intuitively train or intuitively eat right now while we try and I, hit these look, goals. Look,
1: I'm going <laughs> ma- to make it even more clear. The vast majority of people who also happen to be vast majority unhealthy and overweight or obese. The vast majority of people intuitively eat and intuitively exercise. The problem is not that they're intuitively exercising and intuitively eating. It's that their intuition- Their compass is all fucked up. They don't have a good intuition. (laughs) So they are listening to the voice, but the voice is not the voice they need to listen to. The voice is leading them astray. So you need to train that voice and become connected to it before you can move to something like this. Otherwise, your intuition will literally tell you to not move. And eat garbage, in which case, and we know for a fact that that's the wrong thing to do. Look, if you like Mind Pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have free guides that can help you with fitness, health, fat loss, muscle building, and much more. You can also find all of us on social media. Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me on Instagram at Mind Pump DeStefano, And you can find Adam on Mind Pump, uh, excuse me, on Instagram at mindpumpadam. Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and
4: energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.